fellas, don't drink that coffee. We shouldn't listen. You're here. Yeah. Well, because I mean, this you is did agree to, to show up. I'm not going to not do the last one. Last one. What are you saying? <laughs> Aren't we doing the misses, missing pieces next week? What are you talking about, Dallas? What do you mean last one? Well, I mean, why would we be doing more? Because there's going to be more Twin Peaks. Because it'll, <laughs> it'll never die. Because it's your favorite thing. We're going to come back after that book comes out and reveals nothing. <laughs> you're, that's, you're half correct. We are going to come back after the book comes out. But by we, you mean you and me. <laughs> Why well, well, I can't read the book? You will not read the book. You Would, would you listen to it, Dallas? Like, do you listen to uh, a if podcast? I, and if stuff? I read it to you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, if I called you up and you and Samantha got like a little glass of Merlot. Hmm. And, uh, if I came whatever. to your house and I sat on your couch and you took like two days off work. I'll do all the voices. <laughs> In that what, case, yes. 100%. What do you think? Uh, but like, um, John, what do you think the book is going to be about? Or is it going to be at all? Like, what is it? What do you think? Um. Why did you direct that question at I John? Said, I said John. Why did you direct that question Why at John? are you... I asked John a question. Because I read the first one. Because I read the first one. Um, I think uh, from the cover, it looks like it's another FBI dossier. Yeah. So there's that. And then... So not um, exciting, kind of? Because we're like, uh, we, we did that? I don't know. For me, the most interesting parts of the book were were like kind of the back section with Richard Nixon and sure and uh, all of that stuff and and because those were conversations transcribed um yeah. it read it read like a like a novel or a play even sure um but all of the stuff that felt like faux historical you know like the front part of the book feels like felt like watching a, a Ken Burns yeah, Civil War, you know. Like sure, 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 sure. The letters of Lewis and Clark and all yeah. that. So, uh, anyway, what was the question? I don't even know. What do you think the final <laughs> dossier is going to be? I, yeah, I can't guess. I, I, I can. Um, I'm hoping it will clear up why the first dossier got um, so, so many wrong. details. <laughs> and uh, and I'd love um, to know why the final dossier kind of or the the first book doesn't really make sense in terms of the show, like. There's there's things with Tammy Preston where we're like, okay, was this before the show, or was it? When does this? I, I it has to have happened before 
the show started. I like it, it has to be right. Otherwise, you she would have answers to questions she has in the book. You're saying you're saying the book has to happen after the show. Sorry, it has to happen before the show takes place. Otherwise, she would know all of these things about Cooper that she doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't include anything that happened in the show. Well, that's that's the conundrum for me is that she doesn't seem to know the things that are in the book. Yeah. But if she if it happened after the season three, she would be she would sure. know that stuff anyway. Yeah, that's a good so, question. I, I guess that's is the this thing. A, <laughs> is is this a is this an FBI dossier from an alternate timeline? Yeah. Um I I the very fact that we might be talking about alternate timelines is trouble is troubling for me <laughs> in this whole thing. Um yeah. so I'm trying to find solutions um that don't involve that, but sure. we'll see. Let's talk about the show, you guys. It's been a while. <laughs> it, it has been a while. I needed some time. I have to be honest. I just so I watched it um the night it aired, the finale. I watched the two episodes together. Um and I had I was in no rush to <laughs> to try to f- talk about it, and even it's, now it feels like every take is too hot for this. But it is time for the three of us to get together and talk about the show. And I am curious to see because we've we've been in contact the last couple of weeks through text, and I'm no one has really completely laid out all their cards as to how they feel and what they're thinking. And by the way, this is dish in the percolator. This is our 1000th episode. Um, (laughs) and I'm, I'm, I'll first off say Dallas, I'm proud of you for making Uh it through this entire show and, uh, never coming back preemptive of you, like getting mad and hanging up in the middle of this episode. I just want to say thank you for all the time you've spent (laughs) watching twin peaks and talking about it with me. I really had a good time. Uh, well, Sean, I can honestly say that I didn't. Do you hate me on a scale of like <laughs> Josie? Where do you feel about? How do you feel about me? Are you are you really mad at me or like uh, really no. really mad at me? Well, here's. I mean, I can give you my overall take since since we're here right now. Oh, okay. Um, on what? Yeah. Our friendship or Twin Peaks? No, listen, I'm not mad at you. I get 100% why you like this show when you were nine. Uh, and it's because when I was nine, I loved, you know, clear Pepsi. We all make mistakes. Um, Do you hate but- me on the level of like when I quit <laughs> bad credit or when I quit the stomach monkeys? Like which one? You know, to be honest, probably the stomach monkeys. So one. for people who don't know, and it's probably all of you, I every band I was in with Dallas, I quit at some point. And mm-hmm. I just want you to know, Dallas, don't feel, don't like take it to heart. I, there's not one band that I've been in that I haven't quit. So it just, it, it doesn't matter if, it's yeah, just when. No, you so. even quit a band called Sean O'Donnell. I did. I literally did. I, I, um, my Twitter byline is going to be, I never met a band I didn't quit. But um. <laughs> now here's the deal. I had a great time talking to you and John about okay. the show. Uh, the first two seasons were very fun. It was like kind of going back in time a little bit to sure. a uh, to an era of TV that I I grew up loving. Like just stylistically, you know, pace wise, you know, when you didn't have a choice but to watch everything week to week. I, I just I enjoyed that experience. Yeah. Um. And 
this new season was every single thing I thought it was going to be, which was a mess of nothing that means anything to anybody. Uh, Lynch did nothing to redeem any fans that waited this long, except for give you some bugs and some nuclear explosions. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Twin Peaks fans is what I, I feel. He murdered a kid and made us all watch it and then didn't talk about it ever again. Uh, I think he's a terrible television maker and, uh, I wish he would stop, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Oh, there's a, but everyone, I enjoyed talking about it with you and John <laughs> <laughs> and I find it fascinating. I will say this. I, I will honestly say this. I have never, uh, gone into, like, I've never done a podcast or, or dived into like a show that had this kind of a cult following, uh, into in the world of social media, like so, I found it. I found it really fascinating to and and uh, and I thought it was cool. We, and we talked about this a little bit too before, but how the fans of this show uh, just like take it in and talk about it and like live it. And the the one dude who writes all the recaps of the podcast, like uh, I think that's amazing. And I and those people are shout out are to John, our buddy John. Yeah, they're they're dedicated to this, and I and I find that awesome, and 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 the the support that they showed us doing the silly little idea, I uh, I'm very thankful for that. I think it's I think it's an awesome community, and I was glad to be a little bit a part of it. Well, I agree, and that's true. Now, do you feel you are you saying that because that's how you feel that it it let everyone down? Because there's not not everyone feels that way. No, everyone does. They just don't want to admit it. Um, it's kind of like, you know, being with the wrong woman for 30 years and then she <laughs> dies in a car accident and you're like, oh, wow, I was wrong that whole time. Uh, that's what this is. But it's OK. I mean, nobody has to admit it. It's fine. I, I get it. Um, John, how are you? It's good to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I am. Um... It's been interesting for me because I didn't dig into the fan theories on the internet okay. as, as much throughout this because I wanted to kind of just see where it was going to take us. Sure. sure. And then I absolutely did after this finale because I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And, um, it is interesting. There are people that think this is the greatest finale and all of the things that that maybe we'll talk about being frustrating this week, other people see as like bold, uncompromising vision and, uh, you know, daring <clears throat> filmmaking. And um, while I can see why they say those things, you know, it, it just depends on what you want to get out of it. But sure. it, it does like... I do remember those wrapped in plastic magazines and trying, you know, the way that they would dig into things. You and I both had books with filled with essays of people mm -hmm. trying to figure out the meaning of fire walk with me and things like that. Um, and now people just have blogs basically where they yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, if you're asking how I'm doing first, <laughs> yes, regarding the finale, I, um, I watched it also the night, uh, that it came out. It was your birthday, <laughs> right? The night, or the night, was, the day after. But the birthday, my birthday was the next day, but I watched it at like, you know, ten o'clock. Yeah. So, um, happy birthday! <laughs> and I, I was shell shocked, uh, stunned, 
Um, and I, you know, broad stroke, I was, I was, there was a lot that I was thrilled about in that first hour. Um, and then fascinated by, by the end of the first hour. And then the last hour, just, I was so bummed, um, and shell shocked when it was over. And I just kind of sat there and thought about it for a while. And then I came and I laid down in bed next to, uh, <laughs> wife and she's like, Oh, did you watch it? How you doing? How you know? And I'm like, I'm so bummed. <laughs> As I broke down <laughs> in tears. I literally started crying a little bit and I'm just like, I waited so long for this. Oh, John. That this is where we wound up. So, you know, that's the sort of dramatic, ridiculous story, yeah. all this. Um, I think, um, I mean, stop me anytime. I think no. that ultimately. What what was hard for me is that when we got the end of Twin Peaks last time, it it was um, it seemed to be that they thought they were going to be canceled probably. So I remember them saying, "So what we did is we just like put all the craziest cliffhangers we could in there, so that they would have to bring us back, basically." Yeah, and. Um, and so when things were left unsettled back then, it wasn't the right you weren't thinking of it as the writer's fault, or at least I wasn't. You know, you were thinking like, man, it, you know, the network canceled it. You know, the show that was ahead of its time, like they, they canceled it before its time. So um, I think a lot of folks, myself especially, was thinking, oh, now we finally get to finish this out. Right. Um, and uh, jumping to the ending, which uh, in which I don't think I I truly understand uh, in any way what was happening really for the last hour and 20 minutes um, and and not knowing what Cooper was really trying to do or if it was even Cooper to, to wind up after all this time um, in in something which which left us with in many ways more loose ends, um, you know, at, at least in the other finale, I, I knew what happened. Sure. Uh, and I could take it as a zinger, like a twilight zone whammy, like well, dun, 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 he's supposed yeah. to Bob. No, oh, the end. One thing uh, that and, I've thought about is with the end of season two, the question was what happens next? Like that's what we, that's what we wanted to know. What is going to happen to, to Cooper now? And I feel like the end of this was literally, what did we just watch? Like, like no ground beneath our feet to say, this is this. You know what I mean? Like, we knew Cooper went into Black Lodge. He came out bad. What's going to happen to him? How is he going to fix this? That was how we ended season two. And I feel like the ending of season three was literally like, what did anything what was anything where like what what were we watching was it a dream you know there was no nothing to has, like you the know end hang of your season hat three on. was the end of season three was basically lynch going i need a nap <laughs> <laughs> i don't I know man yeah. i mean if you need a nap i don't know why you would have done 18 hours of tv i mean i I, I will say whatever your criticisms are, it's amazing that they pulled that off that much <laughs> TV. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I will give Showtime credit. They gave him the money because they yeah. believe in his they believed he's 
a, a visionary genius film director and they're like, do whatever you want. We will support that. Yeah, and they, I've yeah. even heard him say, you know, we haven't planned to come back for another season, but I'm waiting for David Lynch's phone call. Um, so we can see um, what that means. But I mean, I think people who are like holding out for season doing that like season four holdout thing i don't think i think i I think you're kind of in dallas you've been right on some stuff and i i it's not that i disagreed with you but it is the like if you get a season four like i hope everyone realizes that we're never going to get like the mega happy ending like we we weren't going to get that with this we weren't going to get it with season two that's not what Twin Peaks is or has ever been. And in the end, I mean, like, we have to remember that if they had their way, as much as we say they don't give us answers for things, like, if they had their way, we still wouldn't know who killed Laura Palmer. Like, they've answered way more questions than they ever wanted to. So, if, right. But, if that but was I what agree we, with Dallas that, that if, they, if they hadn't, we wouldn't be talking about the show. If they hadn't answered the... If they hadn't... Getting the answer was the most interesting part to me of the original Twin Peaks. Like, if they just kept... Because otherwise they would have just been wondering and they would have still had pies and beauty contests and all that stuff. Um, But it was finding out that it was this entity who was possessing somebody and it was this like that. So I, I don't... I don't know. I, you might have that, you might have preferred pies and beauty pageants to like thirty minutes just of like driving, or sweeping the floor. <laughs> it was thirty minutes of driving in the finale. Correct it, me it if was, I'm wrong. It was thirty minutes of driving with no conversation. Uh, by the way, I'm really excited for the Twin Peaks video game, which is just you're you driving and you have to suppress dialogue. Like anytime one of your characters <laughs> tries to speak, you have to like hit the button really quick to make him shut up. <laughs> It's, it's just, just the old game Outrun coming like, on Xbox. The color palette and Christmas. Music. Oh. Yeah, Twin so, Peaks leisurely driving next year on so PS4. I have had my ups and downs. I think the night I watched the show, I was like, "Wow, that was what did I watch?" Like I, I think I retweeted or quoted John Thorne, who said, "Like I have no idea. I'm so confused, but I'm totally mesmerized." And that's how I felt. And then the next day, it was like, okay, starting to like kind of do the critical thinking of what did I see, and I just was really, I I felt like a marathon runner who won, but then his gift was like instantly being put entered into another marathon. Like, mm. I was like, I guess I didn't really want to win, <laughs> didn't want to have to go okay, now I have to spend the rest of my life thinking about all of these things. Now, I've right. gone back and forth in the last two weeks and I've kind of changed my tune and I've been thinking about the show and I've, you know, for me, the thing I was thinking about that night was my second favorite show is Six Feet Under. Now, have you guys seen that show at all? Six Feet Under, have you ever watched it? I, I only only bits, and I know the finale is divisive, right? Because it it fast forwards to the future. Well, basically, something. what I was thinking of is, love Six Feet Under. If you haven't, if if you guys haven't seen it, if you watch Twin Peaks, it's it's amazing. It's definitely worth watching. And as much as I love it, and like I said, I it's probably my second favorite show. Maybe it's tied with Friday Night Lights. Um, I don't think about Six Feet Under ever because they basically, without spoiling everything, they don't leave anything loose. They, they mm-hmm. kind of give you the ending. And so 
while that well this is why can, that can be cool it also kind of just ties it in a bow at the end and the reason why i feel like we got a season three of twin peaks is because that's kind of how lynch and frost work is that i think about lines in the show like uh crack the code solve the crime i think about the puzzle box i mean this is the kind of art these guys do and for better or worse you're either kind of in or you know you you want to embrace the mystery and you want to spend the time thinking about it or you don't and you go do something else now having said that i'm still really frustrated with so much of what i watch but it feels so fresh and so early to like you know what i mean john i'm, I'm thinking about like firewalk with me like people were really angry for years yeah, before yeah. they kind of came around on it and i'll say i i i'm gonna i might sound dismissive during this podcast i'm I know that I'll continue to think about it and it will be fascinating to mull it over and all of that. Um, I, I will say, you know, I've, I've turned from being really angry and disappointed. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm just in that kind of like processing mode still. And I think at some point I'll go back and kind of fast forward through the show, the whole season. Yeah. Uh, to kind of, you know, I'll skip the things I know that don't mean anything and kind of try and find my way through it again. But I, um, I, I, know I, I just, I want to say real quick, I don't, I, I'm not criticizing I, you sh- like, and, and not just you, but if you're listening to our podcast, like you, you have every right to feel frustrated or like, I don't, I don't want to think about the show. I felt that way. I mean, the, yeah. the way they ended this was not the kind of thing that everyone's going to have the same uniform opinion about. Like, it was a big, what the F did we just watch? And I feel like there's going to be different stages of dealing with this show. If you were really, you know, a a fan and you were expecting a lot, I mean, you shouldn't feel bad for crying afterwards. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I completely understand. And I've gone through so many different stages of, like, how do I wrap my head around the last two hours of the show? I explained to Julie before she saw she she eventually saw the final two episodes, but I I was like, how can I explain this to you without blowing anything? I and I think I texted this to you guys, but I I said, imagine watching, imagine Back to the Future is your favorite movie, and then you watch Back to the Future two. Don't have to imagine. <laughs> and then when you start Back to the Future three, they basically show you the first half of bright lights big city <laughs> which is this other michael j fox movie where he's not <laughs> marty mcfly and he's like it's depressing and he's like a drug addict and then you just stop halfway through that and then if so it was 17 was 17 back to the future 2 is that what you're saying or uh or well, are you making 17 and 18 out to be Bright Lights, Big City? Or the return in general? N- well, no, I really actually meant uh, that the Bright Lights, Big City basically starts after Bob got punched. Sure. Um, but Which, um, by the way, we all knew that that's how Bob was going to go down, right? Everyone guessed yes, that before the season started? Yes. Yes. Um, Hello, Bob. But then if some theories are to be believed, I'm like, or did we just watch half of Back to the Future 2 and then they stopped when <laughs> Biff is in charge of the world? Yeah. 
So, uh, anyway. did we did we want to talk about Back Bob to the Future? Dying? <laughs> oh, please, I can talk about <laughs> the Future. Um, well, because I was, I don't think. Like on a scale from one to ten, being disappointed with how Bob dies, that had to be like a ten. I like it was just so, so dumb. Well, I was expecting. I, I here's the thing. Like with Bob, I didn't like. I wasn't gonna hold them to anything because it's like, what can they really do with a an actor who's dead? It sure. was, and it was not even that. Like Freddie and Bob, and like the boxing match, but it was. It was the kind of, and it was cool how Lucy was the one who got him, but where was the Mr. C and Cooper showdown? Like, I was waiting. I was hoping Well, Cooper for came that. back, and he didn't do anything. I know. I know. You know what I mean? Like, he woke he was up like, from that Now you punch bed. him. Yeah. Yeah. He woke up, and he's like, we've got to get to Twin Peaks. And all he did was walk in the room, and everybody, everything was already happening. It was like Indiana Jones 4, where, like, Indiana Jones didn't do <laughs> the whole end of the movie. Like, why Why is this an Indiana Jones movie? Like, he didn't even have to be there, well, and all the same would have happened. But I feel like there is something mm-hmm. else happening, because this is the... And we kind of skipped over the, the first scene in that episode, but, like, he, he br- basically brings back Diane from Naito, and then... Yes. There's that whole part where when he looks at her, he's kind of superimposed upon himself. Yes. This is one of those things that's like, I'm going to spend the next 25 years trying to figure out what this means. Because there's something about that scene where I feel like Cooper is, I don't think he comes to Twin Peaks and does nothing. Obviously, we see him after this go to the Great Northern, and this is when he goes into the whatever is in that furnace room and he sees Mike and that's when Mike leads him to Jeffrey's. So like he's there for a reason. Um, I feel like Bob was not the, like Mr. C and Bob were kind of like not as important as maybe we thought they were like in the end, there was this kind of bigger fish to fry. Um, but yeah. Well, that, that was the other thing. It was like, well, first of all, did anybody else think that their TV was glitching when Cooper's face was superimposed over the whole? <laughs> no, I just instantly was like, "What is happening and why?" Because I stream, I stream Showtime, so like after a minute of that, I like got the re- had to go find the remote and like fooled around. You like logged out, like logged back in. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, did. I reinstalled like- all the software. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that way for about 30 seconds. Then I was like, oh, effing David Lynch. <laughs> so here, here's what I, cause oh, I would, I wanted to ask you as a question. Have either of you watched it again since the first night? I have. Yeah. You have. Okay. Um, um as I've been saying, not, yeah, but you I have never. watched fire walk with me since. No. Uh, <laughs> as, as I've been recommending all along this whole time, watch it again, watch it with the subtitles. Um, I appreciated some things that I didn't quite appreciate um, the first time around because I was not watching What's the subtitles. What's something you learned from watching with the subtitles? Well, one thing was, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, but some of the stuff that Laura says or Carrie Page says in the car, I, I couldn't understand any of that. And I like, we were trying to play, like I was trying to play like remote control jockey because my kids were asleep, you know? But not that I think I learned anything from that, but um, I, 
I rewatched again today, and then I tried to watch some of the stuff that I thought was important going back. So, like, I watched the, some of the beginning of episode one. I watched part of episode mm-hmm. two where Cooper's in the in the lodge. I watched part of episode eight, trying to kind of do my best because I went into this going like, and I even tried to put you guys off today. I was like, I don't know what to say. I have no idea what to think about the show and I wanted more time. And in the end it kind of worked out that I got to watch everything today. And so, um, I don't have a specific like, Oh, I know this now, but I, I did kind of have some ideas. And as we kind of go through the episodes, I'll kind of share them some thoughts I have on maybe what we watched. Um, that may or may not have come because of the subtitles and maybe just like seeing it for the second time and not ex- not kind of having that thing where you're expecting something. It's kind of, you know what's going to come so you can kind of pay attention to the details more. Mm-hmm. Starting out in episode 17, one thing that was kind of interesting, it's been interesting to me, is that we have literally David Lynch explaining things to us. And so it's like him with that really long kind of story about major briggs and cooper and and judy and what judy is um but he says that him and cooper and briggs devised a plan to try to find judy yeah when exactly did they do that and we were with them the whole time yes like we see cooper meet major briggs in season one and so this if this is happening this had to have been happening behind the scenes in season two like like otherwise when would they have met and that, that like that's where i'm like what I, yeah. yeah i don't know it is a little like I, I i i'm very curious if judy really was what they're saying it is now you know what i mean like if lynch is like reverse engineering an explanation for this thing that we've been like well he i believe he is because if you watch the missing pieces um judy leaves philip jeffries a note at the desk front yeah. desk of the hotel and then um in the like alternate version of the scene he says like judy says duh, 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 and then yeah. albert goes i thought we weren't going to talk about judy and then um, also yeah he says i found <clears throat> something at judy's and then also robert engels had said that at one point judy was josie's sister so yes. it's like so it feels a little like, oh, crap, I signed a deal with Showtime. Now I have to explain some things. Um, so I'm a little like, what is happening now? Did we ever, do we but, ever like deal with Buenos Aires again in this series? No, what it was, was in the, the first three episodes. What and, was the little box thing that disappeared? Like we never – like I kept waiting to see if Jeffries was there because we knew that he had been there. But – whether or not I have some sort of reasonable like thing in my head that's starting to explain what happens at the end, there's still like 40 questions I have that were not wrapped up at all. And the box in Buenos Aires is definitely like one of them. That's, um, that's my biggest takeaway. And I know this is way big picture uh, and we haven't even talked about the episode yet. But in digesting it all and thinking, I just am thinking back and going like, why do we spend time with like Becky and her drug addict husband when we're never going to find out what happened to Audrey or why yeah. do we, you know, or even in the finale, Oh, thank God I found out what happened to Jerry Horn. <laughs> yeah. But, and that was how Ben, like, not Audrey, but not Audrey, you know, like 
These and you know what, John, in in light of what you said earlier, like if it was gonna, be, if this was on a, sh- if this was like, oh yeah, we've picked it up as a show that's reoccurring, then it'd be like, oh well, I can't wait to find out what happened to Stephen and Becky next season. But you're right. right. Like the interview I read with Lynch, he's like, make more of it. Wow, that would take years. And it's like, well, what? what yeah, you, like, what are why you were doing? You- <laughs> It's, I felt like it's. I felt like he, if he was a cook in a restaurant, it was. It's like he started cooking fifty other dishes, and then only served like eight of them. <laughs> but like, yeah, we still yeah. watch the cooking show where he started cooking the others. Anyway. And I would still always watch it. I mean, I just would. I don't know what to tell you. Um, anyway, let's talk about this show. The yeah, first we're, scene. We're doing he's well. Explaining Jiao Day or whatever it is. Which someone pointed out that if the Chinese for Jiao Day is means to, <laughs> this is pretty funny. If this is true, it means to explain. <laughs> which I love that Lynch calls an extreme negative force because <laughs> that's David Lynch is like, I wouldn't want to explain anything ever. Um, which is also funny because he's explaining this to us. So, um, and this is the kind of thing I think that he would do kind of as a joke to, he also says, he also says, listen, and then there's like a 35 second pause. (laughs) I repeat, I I retweeted, uh, Paul F. Tompkins Dallas. I don't know if you saw it, but he like, he took a video of that part and he goes, you know, the listen and he goes, (laughs) and we did the big pause and he goes for 25 years. And then Paul Thompson goes, this pause has lasted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, Judy, Judea, Judy, Judy, maybe, maybe it was Judy. Anyway, the big thing I, I got from that was like, I was really excited about him explaining stuff, but I was also like, when did this possibly happen? And the timeline, and do Mark Frost and David Lynch even care about that stuff anymore? Um, and he also mentions you, you, Cooper you mean saying, the show? "Do they care about the show anymore?" Because <laughs> no, well, no. He okay. Lynch or Cole mentions Cooper saying, "I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone." That's the thing we saw the fireman tell him in the very beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. When did Cooper and him speak since then, where he would relay that message? I've thought about that. I can't figure out when. When does, not- when does that meeting with the fireman happen? Because it, 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 I watched it again today, and one thing I realized is at the end of it, Cooper just like disappears the way Andy did when he left that room. So at mm-hmm. what point, you know, was that? When did that? There's a lot of timeline stuff that's on purpose, out of order, and I feel like putting together some of that might lead to some clues. But I think we're going to need longer than two weeks the collective internet to figure out all of it. So I'm not going to stress about it. I also just thought in the, I loved when the giant appeared in the original show because he would give him these clues and then those clues would always pay off. He would say that gum you like is going to come back into style. And then Leland would say that and we would learn something or the smiling bag or you forgot something like it was all like a, a riddle and then it got solved. Yeah. Um, I guess um, we're all just supposed to keep trying to solve them. <laughs> all, every single one of them. Forever. Um, anyway. So, and what that, that chattering sound too? What does that uh, mean? I know. I don't know. I don't know. 
A lot of questions. There's a lot of them. The, the ending of that scene is when um, the FBI shows up at Dougie's hospital and they call and, and, and that's when Bushnell says, I have a message for Gordon Cole. This is something that's kind of come up. The message for Gordon Cole is it's 2.53 here in Las Vegas and that adds up to 10, the number of completion. Um, 2.53 comes up a bunch and it does in this episode. 2.53 is the time in the sheriff's station after the Bob egg has been punched by the Englishman with the green glove. Um, mm. And it's it's kind of the moment where the, the clock starts flickering and that's when... That scene ends really weird because it's not like they all leave. The lights completely go out and Cooper yells for Gordon and then we just flash to them walking towards the Great Northern. So... I don't know what Are that they means at all. Towards towards the Great Northern or in the Great Northern already. I can't tell. I don't it, it seemed like they were outside. It was very dreamlike and I couldn't tell if they were just saving money or if they were I I know we're skipping all over the place, but it, like it, that, that whole part is acts like a dream. It doesn't act like real events. Yeah. Um so <clears throat> I, I'm not really like trying to go in order necessarily, but like yeah. I'll do my best. So, um, so something that was interesting is uh, Mr. C. We see Mr. C. find the spot that the sheriffs found where they where Naito was, and then he gets kind of sucked up into the whatever that place is, the gray room, if it's the mm-hmm. White Lodge. And he's kind of in a cage, which I think is interesting. You see his face in a cage, and you see Major Briggs' floating head. Um, And then you see the giant kind of seem to redirect him, like he wants to go to the Palmer house. Um, Well, he was laying, and that stuff was coming out of his mouth, right? That The, like, litter. I couldn't tell if the stuff was coming out of his mouth or if he was just just doing the levitation thing. Yeah. but instead of going to the Palmer house, which seems to be like where he wanted to go, he sends him to the sheriff's station. Um, well, you think he wanted to go to the Palmer house? Well, you see the Palmer house up on the screen. And then the giant does a big swipe of the hand. Um, whether that means that the good Cooper was supposed to go to the Palmer house, you know, and when, it, and when the giant realizes it's bad Cooper, he sends him somewhere else. Or whether it was Bad Cooper's intention to go to the Palmer House, because again, we know that he's looking for whatever that thing is, the experiment, and my gut tells me that that's Sarah Palmer, um, and he you, redirects him to the sheriff's station. That's an interesting take on what those images on the screen meant. I um, I didn't relate them to like what he was trying to do. Uh, like, why wouldn't he just go to their house? Why does he need to go to an alternate dimension to get to their house? So what do you think he was? Well, I'm I, I'm saying I do think that those, I do think they were, they seem to establish in this episode anyway, uh, for the first time, that whatever, that those pictures are basically doorways, right? Sure. So there's like, for some reason, they've got a view master in this place that, magically takes you to the Palmer house, um, the sheriff station. What were the other locations? 
um in that yeah, in just Dairy that Queen, one Dairy Queen Dairy Queen um Big Ed's uh, gas pizza. farm yeah no in that uh, in that one scene we just saw the Palmer house so maybe that was like oh that was just the last one that was up kind of thing I mean I guess you're right I, um, and obviously, it was the the fireman's plan the whole time to send him to the sheriff station because that's where Freddie was with the glove, right? Like he, if mm-hmm. the fireman was the one who put the glove on Freddie and has Freddie in the jail cell, then he wants Mister C there. Um, the the it seems to be this big, huge plan to deal with Mister C to maybe potentially deal with Judy. And that's kind of, to me, the big mystery is, like, what what was the plan? <laughs> Figuring that out seems to be kind of, like, the, the thing for me right now. Um, where Laura fit in with that. What exactly they were trying to do. But there's a lot of things that you can tell her that they, they had in mind. And it's just trying to, like, figure out what exactly <laughs> the end goal was. And in what order. Um like I said, it, it seems to be like there's things that are happening. I mean, even the ending of the show is Cooper asking, what year is it? Like, And I've been asking that question, it seems like, the whole time. Like, where, you know, what things are in order, what things aren't. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've um, back just a moment to what you said. I, I think the, the trickiest thing for me in thinking about it is that I just... And even looking at the whole thing, I'm going, I, I don't understand what anybody was trying to do. Yeah. And none of them seem to succeed at doing it. Sure. So Mr. C wanted to find the the experiment. Um, and so we were wondering how he was going to try and do that. And we seem to get a lot of clues by little things left behind by major Briggs, by an, an ancient Indian map that, uh, <laughs> that, that yeah. Hawk had and, and things like that. But then it just seemed like he, he doofed it up as well. He like found, he murdered everybody on the way, and then he found this magical portal, and he wound up in a cage, and he got spit out at the sheriff's station where where um, Kimmy shoots him. What's her name? Andy and... Oh, um, Lucy. Lucy. Uh, yeah, so Lucy shoots him, and then... Which was kind of, I would say, is cool, considering like he was such a bad dude, especially to like, women. So it was cool to see her oh, oh, sure. have a moment. I, but I, I wanted Cooper to have that moment. I wanted him to do something. He put the ring on him. I guess that, that was like kind of the most active thing Cooper did. I'm even thinking of, you know, what, what did it matter that the FBI people, you know, had gone through this, this whole long journey? What did they learn? What did they even do other yeah. than... They, yeah, they, get, they get there just in time for like it all to be over. And yeah, we spent like, so much time with Tammy and Albert and like and, in their hotel drinking wine. So like w- whenever something actually happened, they would just forget about it or I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's, well, go ahead, Dallas. No, I was just going to say, do you remember that movie uh, burn after reading? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it starts with like, yeah, it starts with people in the FBI office and they're like talking about this case and then it goes into the whole story. And then at the end, there's just like these senseless murders and it cuts back to the two FBI agents and the, and J.K. Simmons just asks the other guy, he's like, so what do we learn? And the other guy's like, 
I don't think anything. And then it just cuts to black. And that's it. At the end of the movie. Hey, true story. <laughs> I feel like that happened. <laughs> true story. Tomorrow is the uh, ninth anniversary of my wife and I's first date, and our first date was Burn After Reading. So it's very, <laughs> very, uh, well, very good of you, Dallas, to to bring that up. That was fantastic. Well, I was movie. doing it for your wife. It was ah, your cheers, present. Aaron. Thank you for understanding me doing eight thousand hours podcasting on Twin Peaks. You know um, who doesn't understand? Anyone else? My wife. Your wife. My wife doesn't understand. She'll get into it. She'll get into She's it. Starting a Fixer Upper podcast. Uh, she's really excited. Oh, I love Fixer Upper. Yeah. You should well, tell you her should that be on her podcast. we've ordered some stuff. <laughs> I just, we ordered a sign from Chip and Joanna. She showed up. I won't tell her that. She'll be jealous. We put a really huge water heater in our garage and it, I, it makes me think of Agent Jeffries. I'm going to paint it black and have this like numbers coming out of it. <laughs> I'll take a photo of it. It's, just, it's pretty amazing. Every once in a while, I'll just put a little like uh, uh, thing on it that just whistles like every hour. You, so you're going to teach you to speak with a southern accent. Are you talking about the Cheshire Cat in Twin Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about what you were just talking about, actually. So, burn after reading. No, no. <laughs> Fixer Upper. So, I, I mean, do you want oh. to talk more about the destruction of Bob or any of that? No, I, let's, I, was, I mean, this was a, so, that was a big, it's a big well, deal. Yeah. Here's the thing about the destruction of Bob, though. Like, honestly, what was the, such a bummer about that scene for me was it was just so unbelievably cheesily put together, like devoid of a bell dinging them into round two. Like it was if Candy would have so... showed up with like a, the little sign and walked around. Exactly, she, she shows up with snacks like right afterwards. It was just none of it made any sense to me. And like you, I, I don't know if you talked about this earlier, Sean, or or it was John. But during that scene when they murdered the boy, and then also just a reminder that uh, that never paid off in any way. Like I said, it would. But when they they murdered the boy and made us all watch it, um, the the bystanders like didn't do anything. Yeah. Like they just stood there. And it was the same thing in the scene with Bob. No one did a thing. No one well, was like, what were you going to do for that? I, no, the, no, the, no, the, no, the, the, no one the even reacted to it happening. You know, I, peep, I think everyone was like trying to figure out what. Well, they didn't really show anyone other than Cooper and Freddie while it was happening. I, I, I disagree. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I thought it was so badly. As Robert Nepper says, one for the grandkids. Did you uh, <laughs> notice that the sheriff just sat in his chair like the entire scene? Entire time. I love, I love when I love when he got shot and his or, or I don't know if I don't know if Mr. C gets a shot off. I think he does, right? Because his hat just kind of yeah. goes woo. It's, it's like the top of his hat. Yeah, gets it goes hit and it does woo. a little bounce. <laughs> maybe they maybe they didn't see it. Is my answer like? Do we know that? Again, only some people could see Bob before that maybe that's still how it is and they were watching something different than what they we saw. They seem to be seeing the the men. Yeah. The woodsmen. Yeah. Yeah, well it's a it was a pay-per-view fight and <laughs> Hey man, it was more action than It was just such a bummer, that. man. <clears throat> well, it was right. it was honestly such a bummer because I we we that the kid with the glove, we knew he was going to be the one to to probably kill Bob. And it was like it's exciting. It could have been interesting. The Cooper thing, and I don't know, man. It was just a huge misfire. Like it set up, it set up the last hour of the show 
or I don't know, I forget where it was, if that was at the end of part 17 or the beginning of part 18. It's kind of in the middle of part 17. It's, it's in the middle of 17 because uh, because the whole like going back into the black and white fire walk with me is the is it's the, the whole b- back part of the episode. I, I'll say I agree with you, Dallas. Like, like I will say I was underwhelmed by what happened, but it was like happened so fast in Cracker Jack that I was like, oh, wow. OK, they're really they're they they're they're going to show us what this is really about now. Like they didn't take much time with that because because now we're going to like really get all the <laughs> I info, was so excited. You know? I was so excited at that point because I was I was like, oh, we have an hour and a half to really dig into the good stuff. And I was me like, too. I thought, oh, they're not going to do this big prolonged show off between him and Mr. C. Now we're going to like, you know, go into the seventh level of the black lodge and find out what's going on. And, um, so tell me this. So after that, (laughs) wait, we didn't get that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we did, but that's a boring level. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You don't want to go to the seventh level. It sucks. It's yeah. Odessa. Uh, (laughs) what's this? Yes. Seventh floor, Odessa, Texas. Yeah. Um, the, have you been to Odessa? Way worse than the black lodge. It's probably so, about sorry. as hot as hell. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Texas listeners. <laughs> um, but, but so then they like just sort of all of a sudden they're going to the. Well, he says, he says, I things are going to be different from now on or something like that. And then yes. he says, I hope that I will see each and every one of you again, which on first watch, I'm going like, oh, he's about to embark on a very dangerous journey and we can talk about other ways that you could read what he says um when we get to that but yeah as you said they, then all of a sudden it just the lights kind of change and they're like walking through the dark and then we're in the the belly of the the great northern and um he gets the key out and the key weirdly doesn't open his room it opens yeah, the, which the I actually like because I had a problem with that key saying it said on the key it had Cooper's quote about what he's looking for in a hotel room. It said whatever like reasonably priced, you know, like it, it had that on the key. And so you're like, how does that how does the Great Northern Key have his thing he just said about the hotel on it? So I was actually really pleased to find out that it wasn't the key to his room. It was the key to something else. Um, well, don't couldn't he have gotten that idea off the key? But I think at the time he had not got. Oh, he asked Harry sure. for a recommendation when he says right, what he's looking right. for. That's what's on the key. So, Good memory. Um, hey, man. Um, I just want to say before we leave this that this scene is whether or not you enjoyed Bob. that thing what happens after this is going to be one of the things that people talk about for a long time because what happens is is after all that happens cooper sees naito and he has this look where he's just like ah shoot you can like go back watch it again he sees her and he's like kind of dejected and that's disappointed yeah like it almost looks like he he feels like he failed or did something wrong. That's when his face superimposes and it stays that way until we see them walking. Um, right when they get to the furnace room 
mm-hmm. that's when his face goes away. That is important. I don't, like I said, all takes on this show right now are too hot. Like it's going to be something that we need to sit with. And I'm sure there's going to be some really great theories written about it, but whatever happened there, because again, we don't have a traditional them leaving the sheriff station to go do this thing. The lights literally all go out and people notice you can see Frank Truman's like looking around, like what's going on. And even Cooper is scared and yells for Gordon. So this is Mm -hmm. crucial. I don't know what it means, but it definitely has something to do with the last two hours, hour and a half of the show. Um, This is after the him kissing Diane and stuff, right? This starts before that. Because he, again, he looks at Naito and is like, there's this look on his face of like, kind of, uh, oh no, what did I do? And maybe that's him knowing, okay, Mr. C did all these things to her while I was stuck in the black lodge and he's feeling bad, but whatever it is, that's when his face splits. Is it so weird that he's like making out with Diane to you guys? It is weird. Like he went in there to find Annie. And other than that one remark, like it's not like Diane was the long lost love of his life. Like, sure. Like I, I always imagined her as more of a, she was kind of the, a great take on the girl Friday, uh, you know, because you, you imagine that she's his secretary and he's sending these, um, things off to her all the time. Yeah. And, um, and so if it, if it goes like an old detective movie, then she might have a crush on him, but he doesn't know it yet or something like that. Yeah. But, um, so it was just really, I mean, yeah, it it is weird. It made me go, okay, what does, you know, as we got to the end of this episode and we'll get to it and you see the kind of when he stops Laura and time, ch- what is his line about how the things are going to be different and the past dictates the future? So if Coop stops Laura from getting killed that night, what does that mean for Cooper? Does He, he doesn't come to Twin Peaks. He doesn't meet Annie. And maybe his path would have led him and Diane into some sort of relationship. But I have a lot of problems with that whole timeline thing. That, and the plan that it seems like the dumbest plan. Like, what does that do? What does stopping one girl from getting killed do? That doesn't stop Bob. Her her dad is still possessed by Bob and raping her every night. So, you know, when he appears to her in the woods and says, I'm going to take you home. I go, isn't that the last place she wants to go right now? Yeah. Um, so I have some thoughts maybe about that, but maybe we'll get to that later on. Again, like I had no theories coming into today. I watched it again. Yeah, I, have, yeah. I kind of have a really sloppy one that I'm at least proud to say if I'm not really wrong, I haven't read anywhere else. So, yeah. um, and it, I do I want to talk about the hotel too. as well. So. What's that? I have a theory too. Well, I, I want to hear it, Dallas. Do you, you, want, you want? Is it about... Something we're talking about right now, or is it something in the next episode? Oh no, no, sorry, it's about fixer upper. Um, <laughs> you guys talk about fixer upper. We can wait till the end. I have to you, be right back. I'm you guys, so sorry. They're, I'll be right back. They are just so real. They're so real. Well, I, well, honestly, my my wife is reading a book about how they they started right now. I'm going to send you a photo of, we literally just, we have a, a Magnolia <clears throat> sign we just got. And my wife ordered their chairs they because they have a furniture company too. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's actually if you're going to watch a show on HGTV, it's it it is entertaining, right? It's one I've of the better wa- ones. I've, I probably watched every episode. I'm going to be honest, her sti- her style is really good. It is really good. <clears throat> and and he's funny like, I don't know. No, he's funny in like a youth pastor way. Exactly. And a very he's probably a youth pastor on the side. Probably a youth pastor. Did and you ever, her style's fine. Did you ever watch um no, her style's great. You ever watch uh I don't know if it's great. Flip or flop? It's, it's you ever good. watch that one? Flip or flop? No, I don't like flip flops in general. So, <laughs> just anything about flipping or flopping. Yeah, that's how you doing finished. right now. Now's your time to go. John's feelings won't be hurt. Do you, Do you want me to go? I think you want me to go. <laughs> I don't want you to go at all. I'm so happy that you're still here. I'm well, so happy that we made it this long. Aren't you? Like, I'm really it impressed. Does feel, it does. It's It's kind of sad, right? No. Um, Although think- <laughs> we've come to the end of the road, still Can I, tell you I something, can't honestly? let go. First off, that is the greatest. You invention. belong to me. <laughs> Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never um. gonna turn around. And hurt you. I want one of those. Never so gonna bad. give. Never gonna give. <laughs> all right. Oh my we're God. all back. We're back. I just Thank wanted you. to say real quick before we went back to to what we were talking about. I was a little upset that our Twitter game didn't catch on. What? With which one? The food oh, one. The food one. The firewalk with I'm me. I'm also sad that no one really enjoyed my little. I I made the stupid. Uh, gifs of what loris whispered in cooper's ear yeah that was really funny <laughs> the tree <laughs> thing drank all the beer um we'll, we'll get to I that told you, i told you what i said to myself <laughs> she out whispered loud. the plot the ending of the show <laughs> yeah, yes because she whispers and he's like oh shit. Uh, yeah like, <laughs> yeah that's another that's obviously another big what did she say it's really important you're never gonna know have fun trying to figure it out moments um well, and now i'm trying to figure out well go ahead let's, let's keep going we bit. have a lot to get to uh until you guys want to tap out and just talk about the show in general um okay so they I liked this scene that was kind of cool because we heard James was going to that place earlier. I feel like it was two episodes ago. And we're like, what's in the furnace room? And now we know it's some sort of portal to whatever that place is. Ray called it the Dutchman's. Um, I guess we thought it was the convenience store. I'm not sure if the convenience store is one thing and the hotel is the Dutchman's. Maybe someone out there can explain it to me. I'm having trouble keeping up. Um, and so is that buzz that we heard that that high? I guess it's not Josie. It's the whatever that place is, right? That's it's what we're the supposed to. Portal. The yes. portals were world. Which makes okay. sense that it's there because we knew that Leland was there, you know. So maybe that explains kind of. Leland so do we think there. Josie is like in one of those? hotel rooms i don't i you know maybe i don't think Josie. i don't think anyone cares i'm about joking Josie but anymore. i would like closure <laughs> there someday so i wanted to i i literally <laughs> thought that that's what the, that i thought that's what the buzzing for. was i thought hey we got josie in this episode dallas it's we did true. we did see josie um so no we did no yeah, we didn't we did we saw pete and then we saw some stupid lady talking to him <laughs> Um, no, she doesn't talk to him. She, he talks to Catherine in the 
first scene. Anyway, um, so Mike meets him there. And so I'm just confused, John. How does it work? Where does how does Mike get from the Black Lodge to that place, and what is that place? Like again, I feel like the marathon like analogy works for me. I just I'm tired of running sometimes. Yeah, I will say uh, I have tried to wonder about Mike um, because we're talking he's, about Mad Dog, right? We're talking about the guy with one arm, the one armed man. <laughs> Oh, not, yeah, I don't care not, about that not guy. Not Snake. I want Snake. <laughs> Mike Nelson. Here's the thing about Mike. Like, the one-armed man. Mike and Bob used to be killing partners. And yes. then Mike decided he felt bad about killing people. And we, we know that they would kill people and basically get high or live off of the pain and sorrow that the murders created. The Garmin Bosia. Yes. Um... Mike in the TV series seems to be like a Black Lodge guy, a part-time Black Lodge guy who helps them. He's like basically turned good, right? Yeah. And now before the TV show, Mike is in – he he acts like a good guy in the real world. Because he shows up to Leland and Laura in that crazy scene in the car. Yeah. Talking about the scene in the film. And he tries to say, Bob's your father, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to help there. But at the end of the movie, Bob murders Laura. And, and he gives Laura the ring. We, we ha- and we had this conversation about, about in our 18-hour-long firewalk with me thing that it seemed more selfish of him than anything like because in the end it, it, he, he says used i it. want he used yeah. it to get his his garmin bosia back so he was kind of self-serving in getting in, in laura dying and that that's how he was repaid so now the reason i brought this up is this whole season he's been trying to help agent cooper yeah we think and uh, uh, if you want to even go back to episode two, I think that's who Evil Cooper was talking to on the phone when he said, and finally I will be reunited with Bob again. Oh, you think he's talking to Mike? Well, who else would he be talking to? Yeah. He wasn't talking to Philip Jeffries. So that's my guess. I yeah. would have to go back and do a voice check. But so... His, even though he's been like, we've seen him as this helper person, I still, his, his, um, motivations are suspect to me. I don't know quite, you know, does he want Bob to be obliterated or does he want Bob back so he can, you know, who knows? I just, the last Uh, thing we see of him is him making a Dougie. So, like, do we really think he's bad? I mean, I guess we see him right after that doing the whole is it future, is it past thing again. But I didn't get, like, Fire Walk with me, I definitely was like, I don't know what side he's on, but it seems like this. But that is a good question. Who called? And what happened to Philip Gerard? You know, well, I'm guessing like, he's not really a thing anymore. Like, that was him what, when he was or, out of the lodge. 
or like um, I'm getting really wide angle here, but like the little old man in the hotel who was seemed to be the human counterpart to the fireman, you know. So I, are you I assuming just, that the giant and the fireman are the same person? Because I actually haven't felt that. I am. I'm assuming they retconned it, basically, or that he got promoted. <laughs> um, because he used to be in the Red Room, and now he lives in the castle with that lady, Senorita Dido, or whatever yeah. her name is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, all those questions I have, they wind up at the bottom of the stairs in The Dutchman. Yes. And your favorite character, the jumping man, showed up again. I'm I that's one area where I'm really disappointed is that I was like when I saw his name on the cast list, I was like we're going to finally find out because that was one of my favorite parts of Fire Walk with me in that scene is like what is that guy? What is he doing? What's his role? And then like the few little tiny shots we got were so incoherent and you could barely see i want to know what that guy is and what he does and why and why he ended up in the scenes he ended up in i feel like lynch uses him as a as as a as excuse me as an abstraction as a signal um well if you look at firewalk with me he's in that room so i would think that he would be part of a conversation but the rest of the times we see him in that movie he appears like you know he appears in that scene after Leland is leaving the uh, the hotel yeah Uh, so oh no it's the little kid though right in the hotel it's wearing that mask yeah but I just I thought it was the um, did you assume that the little kid Pierre Tremont or whatever was was the jumping man too. Well, I was confused because in that scene, unless I'm now I want to look it up on YouTube or something, but wasn't that a little guy in a red suit and a white mask jumping around in the hotel and fire walk with me? After Leland leaves? Mm-hmm. No, it's the or is kid. It the it's little the boy grandson. The it's the grandson. But he's not wearing a mask at all. It's he's just wearing a little- mask, but you can see it's his blonde hair. I'm pretty sure it's not okay. the same guy who plays the guy in the in the the Jeffrey's dream where he's talking about being at one of their meetings. Okay. Um. <clears throat> anyway, that was I was like ah, kind of disappointed. But they. So here's what's weird to me is we've we've been to this place already. I think the last episode, and when Mr. C goes there, he walks through you know the courtyard and goes to a hotel room and he goes in the hotel room and, and then, that like, lady has to let him in and the lady has to let him in and then also like the wall has to kind of dissolve and that's where jeffries is in this scene that's not how he gets to him at all they so turn right they turn right and then they're instantly kind of just in the room he's in so what does any of that mean if it has to mean something right like either it's a different time, like they've moved the teapot, <laughs> or... Do you think it's not him? I, I don't know. I mean, I have... Do you think no... Bowie really died? <laughs> I, I just, it's worth mentioning because, like, why would they do that? Why wouldn't he be in the same spot that, according to the timeline, was, like, yesterday? He was in one place and now he's in another, unless that's just mm-hmm. how it works when you're a teapot. Um so 
this is a weird conversation. Uh, Jeffries tells him to be specific, and then Cooper just says the date of February twenty third, nineteen eighty nine. Is that the date he shows up at the off in the office? I don't actually yeah. know what February twenty third is. Yeah, that's the date he showed up in the okay. uh, office. So then he says something about how say hi to. Gordon, he'll remember the unofficial version, whatever that means. So is that like what really happened, even though um, like they that's a Blue Rose thing, so it was probably redacted or not in an official report. So like the last um, time he was there is what he's saying, basically like, yeah, you know, you couldn't prove that I was there, but he'll remember. Right. Um, so obviously then we're guessing that he hasn't seen Gordon since then, but one thing Gordon mentions in the beginning of this episode is he, he says Philip Jeffries, who doesn't who exist, or- <laughs> yeah, doesn't exist anymore, or not in the way he, you think he would, something like that. So Gordon knows about him being a little teapot or a not so little teapot. Um, and then he says, This is where you'll find Judy. Um, he says, there may be someone and he said did you ask me this and then we see so whatever that means we see the owl symbol um become the two triangles like the tattoo and then it becomes like this infinity loop and i feel like that is important because i feel like that is kind of in play with what's happening with cooper i feel like my gut tells me Cooper's kind of stuck repeating some sort of mission like he can't get out of. I I don't know where it ends and like what the point where it begins again, but I have a feeling like it has something to do with that scene in the sheriff station. Um, I don't know. I know maybe getting ahead of myself in terms of how we're going to talk about the last episode too, but um the infinity loop I feel like is important for this. So um, he tells Cooper, you can go in now. So we're, that's obviously we're thinking firewalk with me. You can go into the, the cinematic treasure of firewalk with me. Um, but before he goes, he says, Cooper, remember. Uh, and then he doesn't tell him anything to remember. So, yeah. Maybe it's the stuff the fireman told him at the beginning of the show that he's asking him to remember. I don't know. I don't know that that was. I can't figure out if what if what happens in the final episode was always part of the plan or if that's what they did because Laura disappeared. Um, I also have another thing I'm wondering that I'll talk about when we get to the firewalk okay. with me footage. So well, Dallas, here. were you, were you yeah. so excited to see that we were going to see more scenes from firewalk with me? <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? They were great. They were the perfect scenes. If any, if you could have given me anything, I would, I would want James and Laura. I, um, I was surprised that they showed so much. You know, I was like, we're watching six minutes of a scene from Firewalk with me. But the moment they were doing that scene, I remembered, oh, she has this weird moment where she looks off somewhere to the side and screams for no reason. And so it was 
kind of a fun Back to the Future 2-y thing to do where, you know, she looks over and then it's like she sees Cooper basically in the distance. That was uh, cool. I mean, I, like, I was like, oh, it, maybe she thinks she's seeing her dad. Because uh, the next thing she says is, if he finds out, he'll kill you. Yeah. Um. I also wondered why we were hearing so much of their conversation. And I thought like, oh, maybe like Cooper, maybe she's, maybe it's like she's talking to Cooper here in a way uh, with some of those things where she's saying like, you think you know me, but you don't know who I really am. Nobody knows who I really am. Um, because I, what do you think he's doing here? Uh, Sean or Dallas? Like what? What did you what did you make of what he did here? I mean, I think he was I think this was again There's some sort of higher power who has planned this whole thing I think he was sent back to go and stop her from joining Jacques and Leo and To what end what would that do? I mean, I think he's trying to so, like, I kind of don't want to give you what I'm thinking until we kind of get closer to the end here. But I think that yeah. this was planned. He was sent okay. here for a reason. I don't think Cooper knows everything. I don't think he has the whole thing. But I think he's been given instructions. And so, obviously, this was a certain place and time that they sent him for a reason. <clears throat> and so, I will say that this one scene made me realize, like... And I don't, I'm, I don't want to be really negative, but like the best performance in Twin Peaks, the return is Cheryl Lee from the 90s. Like <laughs> watching her in Fire Walk with me, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. Oh yeah, like we're not getting this level of performance from literally anyone in the show. Um, maybe that speaks to kind of where Lynch is at as a director, but just watching her was like so intense and it kind of, I don't know. It's just stood out for whatever reason. I, I agree with you. I think, I think the other thing that it brought to me is what we've talked about before is that, um, you know, who brings that to scenes is young people, <laughs> especially young actors yeah. who yeah. are like ripping it and ripping it and trying to like bring you know, inhabit and bring this whole thing. And 90% of the characters in the return are really old. Even the ones, even yeah. the ones that aren't from the old series. Um, but you did those young actors. You, I mean, sadly, all the material, most of the material, the young actors are given is to be like high and freaking out and all that. But they're the ones who are filled with piss and vinegar and sure. spitting and, sure. and passion and all that. So, yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, like, um, I mean, everyone is, and obviously I think he's been amazing and I've enjoyed watching Kyle McLaughlin, but just even that does not compare to Cheryl Lee <sighs> in mm -hmm. this just mm -hmm. five minutes of Firewalk with me. It's just so sure. intense and raw and great. And it really made me realize that this season has kind of missed that aspect. Um, so, but that's a great point, John. That's like a really good kind of explanation as to why we're not getting that. Um, cause you're right. Like maybe Steven's performance in that guy is really intense, but I have a hard time watching him in general just because I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. so yeah, so Cooper's kind of sent here 
And I, lo- I did, I did love this. And I, as soon as she screamed, I was like, "Oh, I get it." I, I thought it was really cool, and I thought the effects were really good in terms of how they made her look with him. Like it, you know, Younger. it's probably Laura. It's probably Shirley now, and they're using kind of the lighting and effects, maybe some CGI to make her look younger, but it, it, man, it looked really good to me. Um, I thought it looked amazing. And I I will say that I, I was thrilled. Like this to me was one of the most compelling things of the season when he like takes her hand and they're going somewhere. Um, it, it like the whole thing flipped upside down and I could not wait to say, oh, my gosh, where where are we going with this now? Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, yeah. Um, I just wanted to relive that positive feeling <laughs> really they, quickly for a moment. <laughs> when they uh, when the heat when she takes his hand. So we kind of have this whole we go back to the the, the body wrapped in plastic disappears and it's kind of a Wizard of Oz, which is very David Lynch of him to do. That goes from black and white to color. And then we see Josie. There's no body. Um, you know, Pete goes fishing. And then we cut to the Palmer House, present day or whatever the day we've been kind of living in with the show. <clears throat> and you hear this really animalistic moaning for like 30, 45 seconds before you hear Sarah start to moan um it's really creepy and i thought it was sarah moaning i thought that it was the exact moaning from the pilot when the phone is dangling oh i thought it was that slowed down a little like that that is cool i want to go go listen to see if that's what it is um i think i've just seen the pilot so many times that that's that's yeah, maybe my... then that might be. Wow. So <clears throat> we hear that and then we kind of it kind of comes back to her voice kind of scream moaning and then we see her go I can't see what it is but she knocks over a, a photo on the her little table and she doesn't hit over the one of Donna and Alora. So for whatever that means, you know, maybe Donna is still alive. And again, maybe Donna is Judy. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm just saying they can't disprove <laughs> that. Um, you know that even Sarah, whatever incarnation she is, would not want to mess with Donna. Um, so well, she. Mora Kell. Mora Kell is Donnie. Kelly's Donnie. <laughs> what did you? Just, what did you just say? Mora Mora Kelly's. Mora Kelly's name is really hard to say, and this is. And from then somebody you, you called her Donnie. Her. Yeah, I messed up. Okay, Sean. Maura okay. Kelly. Hey, you only say like my- you only say like seven words a podcast. Can you get most of them right, Dallas? Come on. I have a one really good word I could get right right now. <laughs> <laughs> Got a light. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So then so she smashes Laura's like- picture, and she's very upset. Um. What do you make of this? Because I I get a new idea like every time I think about it. Yeah, I mean, for me this time today was it just felt like. So I feel like Judy is inhabited Sarah, whether or not she's been there the whole time or if this is something recent. I feel like this is Judy, feeling like she's been duped or beat, and this is her, taking out her frustrations. Um, 
So Cooper, so when Cooper, when she disappeared, is that the failure of Cooper's plan or the, the, um, like, I mean, is that, I, well, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's either, it's either out of Judy's frustration. She like is, if she has the ability to do this, she like punts her into a different dimension. Um, because it's like she's trying to stop something or maybe my gut this time was telling me that maybe this was the fireman in the white lodge uh maybe interacting on, like before she can do something um and i guess i'll kind of get into more of what i'm thinking of with the next episode when we get there but it's either one of those right i mean it's either good or bad trying to what do you what do you make of laura disappearing in the woods. I, I, there's, I mean, there's either two things. I think she's either, this is when she gets sent to Texas, right? And somehow is her memory is erased or it's something else that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. So, and what about the scream? I mean, so the scream well, we we've can heard, talk about that the later. scream we've heard when she's in the, in episode two, after she whispers in Cooper's ear, She's mm-hmm. sucked out of the red room and is screaming. And we also obviously hear the scream at the end of the show. So Is it possible that all three of those things happen at the same time? That's kind of my what I'm feeling. Um and I don't want to get into it yet. I want to tell you it's what fine. I think. <clears throat> I want to tell you what I think when we get to the end. That but, but that's where I'm at with it right now. Because nothing else really makes sense to me. And um so let's keep going. Let's go into the next episode. Um everyone's favorite episode part 18 um it doesn't it it starts out kind of like it started out at least where i was like what are we doing this is cool go ahead dallas sorry sean i'm referring to this episode as party teen (laughs) uh that's party and teen party teen that sounds like something that uh what's the jacques renault jacques brother would say (laughs) jean michel (laughs) a plus party party teen a I am blank as a fart. <laughs> we really didn't get enough of that dude in the show. Um, so it started out, I was like, I was well, kind of like, okay. right away we get Mr. C is just on fire. <laughs> and then they made a Dougie. So, hey, whatever you're feeling, someone got a happy ending in this show, all right? Her name was Naomi Jane, Watts. Janie got E happy, got a happy ending. Janie E got a happy ending. Yeah. And Sunny Jim. Now no one else did, but they did. And well, didn't they deserve true. it? <laughs> Nadine, Ed, they all got happy endings. Oh, you uh-huh. didn't see the scene when they all died in the car crash? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? Was they were they all inhabited in that little boy who got hit by the car? They was were that all the... yeah, they were all the tulpa of that little boy. This is random, but do you remember earlier in the the previous episode when uh, when uh, Albert makes that remark to Cole and he says, uh, "You're getting soft in your old age." So good. And Gordon says, "Not where, where it, it counts, counts buddy. buddy." And then like, <laughs> and then TP like does a bit of overacting, and it's this like the most unsubtle like. Oh, you <laughs> like knowing look like 
do you think that they've crossed the professional uh, boundaries of of uh, relationship? Those Co- two. You mean Cooper and? Um, you mean, do you think they had it so far? I think I don't think they had. I think like they kind of imply it. Okay. Uh, we all know that David Lynch wrote himself into the whole Shelley thing in the first se- second right. season, so right. I'm not surprised that he would do that. You know, also. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. So, okay, Janie gets the happy ending, and that's like the most clear and clean part of this whole episode. So, yeah. and Jerry Horn's naked in Wyoming or something. I think that's in the first. I think that was in the last episode. I no, I think it's this one. Honestly, oh, I, I, like, I wrote well, down. I, I could be wrong. No, I, could I, be wrong. I only think you're wrong because I wrote it down, and it it actually happens early on in in episode seventeen, and I was like. Wait, that's all? That's what, like, with Ben, that's all we get? Because they, they had Ben be a part of the show, but, like, to what end? Like, he paid for Miriam's hotel bill, like, hospital bills? And he, had like, a lot of, he had a lot, he did all of his scenes in that office. Yeah. You realize he did not leave that room. <clears throat> I know. Maybe the whole show. I don't, uh. That was frustrating. Yeah. Um, and Dallas, I'm sure you were frustrated. You love Ben Horn. Well, he's a phenomenal dancer, and it's upsetting to see Tony being stuck behind that desk. You know who's a fantastic dancer is uh, Russ Tamlin. I, someone tweeted a video of him in some movie, and he's like, it's like Seven, Brothers. Seven Brothers. Is Seven that Brothers what it is? No, it's not. Um, it, well, well, he's sorry. He's great in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but that's, I don't think that's the thing that was, that was being passed around. It was from an older movie. The stuff uh, he's that, doing I is think like, he was like eighteen. Insane. The physical, like he's just jumping around and go. I mean, wow, it was amazing. I'll have to yeah, find he's, it. Find he's it, freaking riff, it. dude. He is freaking riff. Um, and he didn't really get the 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 send off that we needed, right? No, I don't think he did. Okay, so let's let's keep moving. So so we go back to that scene with Coop and Laura where he's walking hand in hand. And, she disappears, and we hear that scratching noise, and then all of a sudden, Coop's right back um, in the Black Lodge. So, I'm not sure if that's like the same as what it was in. I don't think it's the same, like filmed same as what it was in part two, because I kind of went back to look at it today as like, did they just reuse footage? Because that would be, it, I think that would be something worth seeing, you know. It seemed to be like different angles, at least, and then some of the dialogue was slightly different. Even, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, they could have used multiple takes or something. But yeah, they seemed to kind of re-go through that whole scene. Um, go ahead. I, I watched it again. I watched two, and I don't think any of it's the same. I think they they refilmed it. So that whole thing about. Is it future? Is it past? I mean, that really is like, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> when are these things? It is. I mean, like after Mike is gone from that chair, he's. It seems like he's kind of waiting for Laura to show up, and she doesn't. You know. Mm-hmm. So for whatever I'm a snake, reason, right? <laughs> Laura Snake. Yes. Oh no, Mike. No. No, there was not enough snake in the show. Ugh. Um. So that's when he, Mike Beckham's, beckons him into the other room and he says, and the arm is there. And so 
This is strange because this is kind of a link to the Audrey story, which we never got wrapped up. Yeah. The arm says, is it, you know, something about, is it the story of the little girl who lived down the lane? Yeah. And I just looked up this movie yesterday, by the way. So did I. I wanted to know what the heck it meant. Go for it. No, I mean, so it's a movie from the 70s with Jodie Foster. It's about a little girl who's... I guess her both of her parents are dead. Her father had terminal illness, and he kind of like hid her away from her mother, who was kind of abusive. Um, so like, not. A, I mean, maybe this is what they're trying to like. I, I mean, I have a hard time making the connection, other than. But it was there. <laughs> there's something in the movie, and I'm just not remembering right now. But basically, where. I don't think it was that she did this. It was like her uncle came and he was trying to make advances on it was her. The, it was the landlord, like the person that the landlord of the house she was living in. It was right. like her and son. And her dad taught her how to like poison somebody with yeah. arson or something. So I, she, she poisons, she kills the guy in self-defense and hides him in the cellar. And then she's basically a kid living in this house pretending that her dad is around when he's not yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so maybe that's a connection there or i like i i was googling it to see if it was like from something older than that right i guess the big question there is what does that have to do with audrey i mean i kind of just don't even want to touch the audrey thing because there's just so much to to figure out like how could you ever figure out what that is like and and i i've the moment I begin to read people's trying to make sense of it, I go, no, they like, I'm very frustrated with that. I feel like they did not give us, they didn't give us enough to, to, to figure anything out. Like you can talk for days about the fact that he's wearing his coat and then he's not wearing his coat and that she wants (laughs) to go and that she doesn't want to go. Like the only thing that makes any sense is that, the, none of that is probably real. So where, so where is she the, now? You can just so. enjoy that awesome scene where she danced at the roadhouse. I thought that was so Which cool. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, and not try to figure everything out. Um, yeah. It's worth. It's. Oh, I almost did it. It's worth mentioning that. Um, the. Uh. It seems like. It seems like Cooper's face. In this scene where he's talking to the arm is the face that's superimposed over the scene in the sheriff station. Mm. Um, I noticed it in, in, in the second episode. I noticed it in this episode, too. It's, that seems to be the face that is what's over um, superimposed. And also the face that says, we live inside a dream. We didn't talk about that, about that scene, is that there's a point at the end of that scene right before everything goes dark where the superimposed face has a line and in mm-hmm. very, very slow speech says the line that Philip Jeffrey says, which is we live inside a dream. Um, yes. Maybe that's a hint that like maybe Cooper's not, has Cooper not actually there at the sheriff station? That's why he doesn't do anything. Like, is he like Philip Jeffrey's there? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I think I, I think my heart and mind are protecting me from theories <laughs> like that. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. I, I, I just don't respond well to like, it was all a dream theories Yeah, yeah, yeah. because for me, like wizard of Oz is stupid if it didn't really happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, why watch a movie about a girl who has a dream? Yeah. Like, it, it, it either if if it happens or like you have to have gone through something that really means something. Like, I actually like Mulholland Falls. Sorry, Mulholland Drive. And you like Mulholland um, Falls too. I, um, yes, but not. Uh, for the same reason, <laughs> um, because one of those has Jennifer Connelly. I was going to say that's why. Like in Drive, um, I like that movie because everything in the non-reality portion of that movie informs the reality portion. Sure. Um, so that I'm like, oh, that's legit. Whereas with this show, if you were to tell me that. The last 18 hours was just a dream. I would go, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, anyway, go, let's move ahead. <laughs> um, so, so after he sees the arm, this is when he runs into Leland again, who pleads for him to find Laura. And, um, he leaves the lodge this time. He's allowed to. So in the second episode, he tries to go out of one of the doors and he's like kind of stopped. And this time he is able to leave and Diane is waiting for them at. Hold on a second. Evil Leland doppelganger Leland, right? It's not doppelganger Leland. It's not. He's he, not he doesn't eyes, have the but... eyes. No, he ha- it's his regular eyes. So then who, who, what is he doing in there? I don't know. Like, like Doppelganger oh. Leland said, I didn't kill anybody in the finale. And that was mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like a thing that I'm not sure I know what it means. Uh, looking at this season, I go, is it because evil? I don't know. I always wondered, like, if evil Leland says I didn't kill anybody, does that mean real Leland is more responsible than we think or sure. anyway. Or was uh, he, is he saying that it was, is it was Bob is the doppelganger of Leland, not Bob. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. still have those questions with Mr. Bob. C was Bob, Mr. Yeah. C was Mr. C just kind of part of him. I mean, it's a, it's one of those questions. It's really well written. It makes you go forever. Like, what does that mean? Um, and why does evil Cooper, uh, not have crazy eyeballs. Um, like he did in the lodge, I guess. When you leave the lodge, because yeah. when you don't, but this you seems this seems they to be when you leave. Yeah, yeah, this seems to be. <laughs> you have to wear contacts. Well, he's wearing these yeah. like black contacts, so maybe that's why. Um, it this seems to be Leland though. Like he doesn't have the weird eyes, and he's concerned about his daughter. And I don't know why he's in the lodge. But maybe maybe he. That's what happens when you're a host and you get killed. Um, Why do you think he says find Laura other than just being like a ghost who's like, find my daughter? Yeah, a responsible father ghost. Okay. I mean, maybe like that's part of because Leland knows it's important that she has a role to play in all of this. You know, he's reminding Cooper of his job. Um, I don't know. I don't have mm-hmm. a good answer. Um, so Diane's waiting for him outside. So, like, I'm guessing this is Diane who left him at the Great Northern and then was like, I'm going to go wait for him at Glastonbury Grove because that's where he told me he was going to come out at. 
Well, and I did like uh, the scene earlier. He said, I'll see you at the curtain call. So, yeah. Yeah. Which just, you know, which is kind of a funny way yeah. to say, I'll see you at the end, you know. But then literally she met him at the red curtains. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so then they begin the driving wait, part wait, of this hold episode. On. She says, Coop, is it really you? And then there's a weird pause. And yeah, then and he, he says, says yeah, yeah, is it really you? Really me. And for me, he stops acting like Agent Cooper from now on. Um, not totally really? unlike Agent you, Cooper. You don't think the scene I, in the diner is like fully Agent Cooper? No, because he shoots the guy in the foot and he's like pointing, waving his gun around at people and like dropping the guns into the fryer. Like, it, it, like that is like all like completely irresponsible behavior and i feel like cooper would be more of the would would not do that stuff but again that's me and my own i I actually um opinion i I agree with you john Mm -hmm. i felt the same thing i felt like when he came out of there not that i'm trying to say anything like another doppelganger or anything because god i hope not but uh it did seem weird he did seem weird the rest of the show. Like he was very quiet. Do you uh, think that the good Cooper went to Vegas and this is Dougie? No, I, I mean, here's the thing. When I watched it the second time, I had already formed this theory. So I would postulate that he still is kind of acting like agent Cooper up until they cross over. Yeah. Um, but then they're just silent. Like, and this is where like all the silent driving was like driving me insane because I'm like, this is, this is when you can like talk, right? Like, don't they have a lot to talk about, you know, (laughs) but no, they don't say anything. And then they go to this hotel and I don't know if we're ready to talk about that, but sure. um, So like, let's just get through it real quick. So they start driving and, um, so yeah, she says. I well, there's the says, spots. They stop at the. Yeah, she says, "You sure you sure you want to do this? You don't know what's gonna be like." So she kind of knows what's gonna happen, right? And so, like, my whole thing with this is like, what? Why did she come with him? What was the whole? And purpose? what are they trying to do? What, what are, are they, tr- they even trying to do right so, now? So like they they're four four thirty is a number that was given by the fireman in the first episode. He says, "Remember four hundred thirty, Rich and Linda." So um, Diane seems to know at least like what she's entering into because she's like, "Are you sure you want to do this? Think about it." So he's definitely either told her or she's involved, also on a higher level. Like she's met with we don't know, right? We don't. She's been obviously Naito was like in that tower thing so we don't know what diane knows or doesn't know um in terms of like the overall plan for this for whatever the good guys are doing um she tells him to kiss her because once they cross or i think he says that they could all be different and um i wrote yeah there could be way less dialogue um (laughs) so then they they drive over that line and all of a sudden it's dark and they drive to this motel, and I watched this episode with my dad, my stepmom. Oh man, 
Which was funny because I realized the last episode I watched with them was the episode where Maddie died and I was 11. I was like, hey. And then, of course, it was like, this was even worse. Oh, yeah. It's like a three-minute sex scene, I feel like. It was really, really long. So... and but so the here's what I'm talking about. I thought so it was they, really hot. <laughs> I <laughs> Lord Ern's back was very sculpted. It was quite impressive. Hey, Emmy Emmy Just award the, winner. Yeah, her and Naomi Watts get, should win Emmys for uh, for their back scu- for their back spines. sculpting. Yeah. Um. But like they, that's the thing is like they arrive, they stop at this hotel. He goes in. And then you see that double of Diane. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. Other than it just made me super depressed that things aren't going well. So (laughs) quick overview. Just from the moment this entire I just this whole episode, the first time I watched it was just me getting more and more depressed because I felt like they were just pulling they were taking it felt like they were just taking things away from us. Like we're taking answers away from you. We're taking Agent Cooper back away from you. You only got him for an episode and a 20 minutes, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so he comes back, and and when he comes back, he's like, doesn't feel like Agent Cooper. He's bossing her around. He's like, turn off the lights. Get over here. He's like taking charge, and she's clearly weirded out by it. And... Then, like, they have sex for th- for a while by television standards, and she's putting her hands over his face. He his face looks like Evil Cooper's face to me in this scene. Like he's got that glazed over. Like he's not passionately into it. He's mm-hmm. just laying there, and she seems. It reminded me a little bit of Mulholland Drive. Um, sorry, listeners, we're talking about this, but uh, when Naomi Watts is like so depressed and she's trying to like touch herself and make herself feel better, but she's so depressed she can't <laughs> reach completion, so she's just like crying while she's look, John, to... we've all been there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm I that's like what I was thinking of here. I'm like, oh, mm. she's she's having sex with Coop, but she's probably flashing back to like. Mr. C. Mr. C raping her, but like Agent Cooper is doing nothing to help her. <clears throat> yeah. Through this. He's not he barely he's just like staring at her after he ordered her basically to do this. And um I just don't that's where I was like I've I felt dirty. I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel like Agent Cooper to me. Um, although he's confused the next morning when She's gone, and there's a note, and it's written to Richard and signed Linda. I mean, the, here's a weird thing. Is the girl in the car Linda when they cross over, and he's um, they change? Agent, Agent Cooper, and he just hasn't transitioned yet, and the real Diane is the one who's looking uh, by, uh, you know, yeah, the yeah, real Diane. <clears throat> looking at agent Cooper and then Richard comes back and like, I feel like the whole episode was like this person that's part Cooper, part Richard, but doesn't know he's Richard. Mm -hmm. Um, And, 
it seems weird that the moment we find out that she's Linda, that we never see her again, considering her name is like the 10th word we heard in this series um, as some mystery we were going to solve. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's my diatribe about yeah. the it's a really frustrating part of the episode. I mean, <laughs> it's also like in the morning he wakes up and he's in the same room, but when he leaves the hotel, it's a different hotel. It's a different hotel. And he has a different, car. A different car. So I feel like, uh, I mean, again, there's no answers here for me, but I, I, what I felt like, all I can do is describe what I felt like is that he was slowly becoming something that wasn't him, but he was still had remnants of that person. I mean, obviously he was still the agent Cooper that knows Laura Palmer. Yeah. Um, um, Cause he seems kind of shocked, not shocked, but like the Richard and Linda thing, he goes like Richard, like, Oh yeah. Like, it's not like he knew what was going to happen. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like he no. has a plan but I don't think he is like in control in, in any way. Like I think he's kind of kind of going off like the whole Judy's thing. He kind of he it's almost like he goes, oh, that's where I'm supposed to go. I mean, that's the next thing we see him driving around and he drives by that place. And it's just like, I this is the place I'm supposed to go. And he knows kind of who he's looking for. But, you know, she's not even there that day. Um, I want to go back and look. I, I made a note to do this, but it looks like. Mike's truck from Firewalk with me is parked in the parking lot. You know that really like crappy camper that he's driving in when he's like, <laughs> "It's your father!" Like that. That's mm-hmm. really, it. Looks like that was in the driveway, and I right away was like, "Is Mike gonna be at Judy's?" Um, but uh, he was not there. So, you know, I, I guess I didn't pay attention as much to the stuff about Coop not really being on model in that scene. You know, like. Because he shoots the guy. I don't know. Well, maybe that was... Um, like, do you I guys mean, remember that, is... like, Cooper Cooper in the show was, like, he would do things that weren't necessarily good. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think about stuff in season two where you're like, this is weird that he would do these things. Like, he was kind of a flawed hero even then. Well, um, sure, sure. So, I don't think it's... Like, didn't he kill somebody? Or am I am I wrong? Like, remember, mm. Coop punched a woman. So for you to say, like, he shot a guy, he did He did punch Blackie's sister. Like, <laughs> he was not <laughs> the, fair, like, she perfect. deserved it. <laughs> but you know what I'm it saying? It seemed like, weird that he shot a guy in the foot in a diner. You know what I mean? It's not like he was at a, uh, you well, know. The guy he had a, that guy pulled the gun. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't take it as, again, I didn't take it as off model. I thought, you know. Well, do you think, I mean... It was more him, like this... Well, go ahead, Dallas. No, I was just going to say, do you think him sleeping with Laura Dern was some kind of portal into another... into the next dimension? That, that's things I've I've heard. That's, like, one take as to, like, what I he mean, was doing. Yeah, because, like, I mean, he wakes up in a totally different place with a different name and with a different car. And let's be honest, like, we've never had sex with Laura Dern, but, <laughs> but maybe I would that's imagine. what happens. Ask Ben happens. Harper. <laughs> well, well, what we have done is seen, seen him since. 
we've seen sex scenes in other Lynch movies. And like, if you look at lost highway, like there's several sex scenes in that movie and he uses them to, um, as character moments, basically like they're not to titillate They're They're there to like, like in lost highway, it's at the beginning. They're like, look how passionless their, um, their marriages or, Uh, and so for this, the fact that it was going on so long, you know, it was meant to tell us things about each one of them. And so for me, he was not, he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't treating Diane the way he treated Annie. He didn't have the look on his face that he had when he was talking about Caroline, um, and I don't know. It didn't feel like the consummation of two long lost loves. It sure. seemed like, and and it wasn't even like two people going like, oh my gosh, we're going off on this perilous journey together. Let's connect in some human way that yeah. will connect I, us. If, you know, that's why I think it was it was that she, Diane is not a normal person. And so I think he had to, it was some gateway to the next thing. I mean, honestly, because it didn't make any sense to happen. And then she just disappears. And, and, and there was all so much buildup with Diane the entire time. Like, I don't know. It just it didn't really make sense. I mean, like that could be the tagline for the show, but, it didn't really make uh, sense. I, but anyway, I'm, that's my one guess. Mm. Um, so he in the morning goes and goes to the diner. We've kind of talked about this. The guys, or he's asking the waitress about, you know, where's the other waitress? And she's like, she's, it's her day off. It's her third day off. So she hasn't been to work a couple of days. The scene with the Cowboys. I, I enjoyed it. Like, again, we haven't gotten a lot of like Cooper-esque action. So it was fun for me to see him kind of kick ass. Um, and I thought the scene with the frying the guns was really funny. Um but um yeah i don't know i i didn't i didn't take it as like so out of character i guess and i feel like i i feel like i've watched enough of this guy to to feel to have that go off but i understand also why you did so i don't know um so he gets he gets he gets basically cause he doesn't he doesn't mention her name he doesn't say Laura, he just is the other waitress. So he gets her address and he goes to her house and when he gets to her house, it's just like the outside is just really desolate. The yard is just, there's just like kind of junk everywhere and knocks on the door. And of course here is Laura Palmer, but it's not Laura Palmer. Um, he's like, I'm FBI. And she's like, did you find him? That's the question she asked a few times. And so he's asking her, you know, I, I don't know if he says, are you Laura Palmer or what he says, but she's like, no. And he says the name Laura Palmer means nothing to you. And obviously he's expecting it to find Laura and he's found someone who doesn't know who Laura is, uh, has a different name, doesn't know Leland. When he says Sarah, her, it kind of, she's like, what's happening? And... um He's like, I want to take you. <laughs> it's all very like weird. I want to take you out of here to 
I want to drive you to this place in Washington. And she's like, normally I would tell you to get lost, but I'm in a kind of a weird spot and I need a ride. So, um, this all felt kind of rushed and clumsy. Um, and I guess maybe explained a little bit when you go inside and you see that there's this corpse on a, on a chair, on a couch. That's like this body who's, we don't know how long it's been there, but mm-hmm. it looks like it was shot in the head. Um, yeah. John, what'd you think about this scene? <laughs> um, I, I mean, the first time I saw it, I was just hoping for some shred of recognition from her. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, for me, in looking at it again, I, I don't know quite to, what to make of stuff in the house. I can note the sort of iconography that they threw at us. Sure. Um, when he pulls up in front of the house, they, of course, do one of those big zoom-ins on the uh, telephone pole with the big number six on it. They show the power lines again. I'm guessing that what they're trying to say that the this is like that these are basically like stops on the <laughs> electrical black watch uh, highway subway subway <laughs> system, you know, yeah. um, all aboard. Um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, we of course had the, the white horse on the, on the, the fireplace mantle did they have that at the Palmer house too? Or was um, that just, a, I think the white horse just kind of signifies what we've seen with Sarah having that vision. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, I was just surprised at how Cooper didn't react and that she didn't try and say anything about, the body the dead guy yeah yeah so it just made me go like oh everybody's crazy right now but it also made me go oh this is very dreamlike you know where crazy things happen in your dream and you just don't talk about it you know yeah, yeah. um so anyway that is <laughs> that's about all I got. I mean, the fact she was like, I mean, it, did you find him? Makes me go like, who is him? Wh- who's him? Is that the guy who did this? Yeah. Did she call. She's not afraid of the FBI, so maybe she's not the guy who shot him. The person who shot him, but i don't know man. yeah but like if if she wasn't then it's weird that she would just like get out of dodge you know what i mean like she obviously had something to do with this which she says that yeah. you know and i guess uh, it's weird that yeah, cooper is... doesn't go okay hold on let's let's just take a step back and go i mean he's so focused on whatever his mission is more so as an agent of the white lodge than an agent of the fbi right he's putting that ahead because normally right. old cooper would be like no matter what I'm supposed to do, we're going to find out why there's a dead guy in your, on your couch. Right. Uh, he's so, this is his mission. He's got to fulfill it. And, um, you know, he's, like I said, Cooper definitely has instructions, but he doesn't know everything. He's not, he's surprised that she doesn't remember everything that she doesn't know. You know, he's did, like, did, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did you get the impression he says uh, he says your mother's uh, Sarah, and she's both of her answers are vague. Like, did you think that her parents were also named Sarah and Leland? I feel like her answer to Leland was like, no. And then when she says, your mother's name is Sarah, I remember because I watched today, she goes, what is going on? So. Like, I would think she would just say no to both if that wasn't their name. Yeah. But she doesn't say yes either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So. They get in the car. (laughs) And the so this is the this is the time I got to hear what she said during the fifteen minutes of driving where there's no dialogue. So she wrote or she wrote she said she says Odessa, I tried to keep uh, keep a clean house, keep everything organized. It's a long way. And then she said, in those days, I was too young to know any better. Like that's all we get from her mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like those things have to mean something I mean is she is she starting right. to remember in those days I was too young to know any better that sounds like something sh- a, a grown up Laura Palmer would say mm-hmm. you know looking back now uh, I'm guessing like you know at 40 in their, her mid 40s to say but I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, that's the dialogue they chose to put there. I don't have yeah, a, I don't really have a read. I don't have a read on that stuff. There's the one scene where you see the car behind them, and she's like, is someone following us? But then that does, turns out to be nothing. What's interesting is there's a lot of shots from this episode that were in the, like, pi- like not the pilot, but the preview. Like, one of the previews had, like, all of these shots. And, yeah, like Cooper walking out of the shadows and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy at the sheriff station. Um, there's the scene with Mike and him walking towards Philip Jeffries. There's even a, this the shot of him driving, and you can see the headlights behind him, but you can't see Laura driving next to him. Um, so I think mm. it's, it's interesting they used all those shots that had kind of a, you know, it's like if you just panned back, it would have like ruined so many things, but they use it in the... Uh, in the preview. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so guys, I'll get... be right back. Sorry. I'm so no, sorry. It's fine. It's my, fine. My kid. I, bl- I don't blame you, John. This is, uh, we're almost to the end though. We're, we're we are. close. So Dallas, okay. let's talk about something really important tonight. Um, fixture upper one twelve to one Oh eight and a half. I know, man, I'm really sorry. You are, but... a, you are the biggest jerk, dude. Dallas, Dallas beat me tonight in fantasy football on a, on a Monday night game where Matthew Stafford only scored like 12 points. He had a good game though, man. He's, he's worth all that he's, money. He threw two touchdowns and let me, let me tell you this for like a hundred yards. You have you Kareem Hunt. In, you're going to win. I know. I was smart and drafted him instead of Gisely. I don't think that's how it's, I think it's pronounced Giselle. Mike Gisely is Giselle. <laughs> You know, it's Gillisley. Oh, it's Giselle Bunchen. It's Giselle Bunchen. Uh, you're in the Seal. championship of the baseball league, so I you're fine. I don't want to talk about that at all, and I'll beg you to stop talking about that. I'm pulling for you. You do need to stop. You need to shut your mouth. 
Um, how how many years has our baseball league been going? Uh, this next this is seventeen years this year. We've been in a baseball league for seventeen years. Yep. And football, what is ten this year, right? It's a this is our eleventh year. Eleventh yeah. year. Yeah, we're um, you know we're Mark old Frost. People. Mark Frost is a roto guy. He plays roto. His his yeah. uh, his his nephew is Lucas Giolito, who I'm playing against this week. He's got two starts in my baseball league. You're playing. He's on Q's team. Yeah. He's got, well, he's got know, Giolito for two starts. That's some irony right there. That's some irony. Because mm. this show ends disappoints you. Even Giolito's you about to start disappointing. Can disappoint you again. <laughs> I hope Giolito disappoints Q. Uh, no offense uh, to Mark Frost and uh, his family. You know how I want to feel. <laughs> I'm here, oh, guys. hey, John Lawrence. Hey, hey. Hey, hey John Lawrence. Uh, we're, talking yeah, about- we're just talking about fantasy football. You know, your favorite thing, probably. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I wish you could step up from okay. So, yeah, so Dallas, you're a jerk for uh, beating me this week in fantasy football. Um, you're welcome. Okay, so let's get into Twin Peaks because that's where they finally end up after four hours of driving. Um Although, I mean, it's a really long drive from Odessa to uh, Washington. I, at some point, you're going to run out of things to say, and I guess they just chose those parts of the trip to film. Um, when they drive by the double R, it does not have the double R to go riding above, above it. So the question at the end of the show, what year is it, is worth... Like saying it's not whatever year we've been watching because we know that Norma franchised and so it's either before that or it's after that. Um, I don't know which one. I mean, you would imagine that it's after because you would think Sarah stayed in that house that whole time, would not have moved out and then moved back in, in which case it could have been before. So, um, I don't know if you guys spotted that. I didn't at first until someone tweeted it later, but Cooper's question, what year is it? Uh, the answer is it's not, if it's 2015 or 2016, whenever this takes place, it's not that year because they drive by a double R that is not the same as the one we've been watching. Uh, he keeps trying to jog her memory. Do you remember anything? She says, no, they pull upside the Palmer house. She still doesn't recognize anything. Cooper knocks on the door. We don't see Sarah Palmer. We see this woman with blonde hair. Um, and she is like, no, don't know who Sarah Palmer is. We bought this house from the Chalfonts. And they don't know who she, who the Chalfonts bought it from. And her name is Alice Tremond, which we know the Tremonds from... So, John, you can help me with this because I feel like you're better at this. Tremonts were in the first, were in the second season, right? That's Mrs. Yeah, Tremont and her so grandson. Mrs. Tremont is the name of the old lady who, uh, when Donna took over Laura's Meals on Wheels thing, um, she delivered food to Mrs. Tremont, and then she had the son who was doing magic, and he was holding the cream corn in yeah. his hand. So then what is the chow font name? So so here's the weird thing that I've never been able to really understand. So basically in Fire Walk With Me, they have Mrs. Tremond, 
in the movie, but in the credits, they call her Mrs. Chalfont. Okay. Okay. And Carl uh, uh, Rod, when uh, Agent Cooper is investigating the disappearance of Chet Desmond, says uh, that Teresa's trailer used to be owned by Chalfont. Chalfont. Uh, and then he's like, come before to think that, of it. Yeah. The, before that, we're also named Chalfont. Two Chalfonts. Yeah. Um, so it's been this weird thing of like nobody in the show has ever said like, oh, Tremont and Chalfont is the same. It's just that they decided to change the name for some weird reason in Fire Walk With Me. Um, and so this is the first time that they've kind of used both of those names in the same sentence, which I thought was cool, actually, even though I don't know what it means. Um, Do you think that like Chalfont and Tremont is like mike and then philip gerard it's like the because obviously we've seen them in the lot we saw them in the convenience store so we know that the two of them are like part of that world but also can exist in the real world do you think that's like their you mean like mrs tremond like mrs. yeah when she was in when she was right like you know out in the world she was mrs tremond and when she was Oh, I and the see. lodge uh, spirit. She's a Chalfon. I mean, do you think that's except except that when she was renting a trailer in in the Fat Trout, she was Mrs. Chalfon. So I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But um, but it's interesting. I mean, in a way, it was a replay of that Carl Rod scene. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh yeah, it was the. Uh, I almost wish they, I, I mean, like, I wish they left this out because it's just like, oh, it's just one more thing we have to, like, try to think about. I mean, like, the ending of this is so, what did I just watch without also adding that element of it? Cause and, I, like, yeah, and she's talking to this guy who's off screen, but, like, whenever they show the house, there's nobody in, the, the house looks empty. Like, you can see in the windows of the house. Sure. When they I mean, do I just imagine shot. it was, like, her husband. So what's funny is that's yeah. the actual owner of the house. Yes. She's the current owner. She bought... I remember when the house was for sale, and I was like, I could never buy that house. How could you buy that house if you'd ever watched that movie? Um, but... Um, well, and that has led people to uh, theorize, as I'm sure you know, that maybe um, they have crossed over into our world, like the real world. Like so, so maybe Dale Cooper and uh, Carrie Page have wound up in like the actual uh, universe, the of- actual non-fictional universe of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, if anyway. only, but if only the the diner would have been called Tweeds, I could get behind that because that yeah, wouldn't have been called the Double R. That's what now I that would have blown some people's minds. Um, <laughs> So Cooper's obviously confused. He's expecting to reunite her with Sarah. What is he expecting then to happen? I mean, like, if if Sarah is Judy and Cooper knows this, then I don't feel like he's like, hey, what's that? Like, knocking on the door. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know exactly what he's expecting to happen. And maybe he doesn't think Sarah is Judy. Maybe Sarah's not Judy. And he's expecting this kind of happy reunion. You know, like, what was the purpose of taking her home? Um, he doesn't seem yeah, to be worried. Leland, Leland would have been there. Like, that. that's what I don't get. Uh, that's why I don't understand his whole journey, this whole last, uh, you know, hour and a half. I go, 
Okay, so if if he's going to stop her death, what would that even accomplish? Because that doesn't stop. That means Bob will never get caught. Yeah. You know, that means Leland will just keep raping her. If he says, I want to take you home, why would she want to go home? If she were indeed to follow him, like, where was he really trying to take her at that moment? Yeah. Um, and then if he's getting this woman who doesn't remember, what is he to gain by by getting her to remember? What is that going to set right in the world? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, I, I don't think he knows what's happening. I, like Cooper is not in the know. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of been giving, been given information by the fireman, who I feel like has the answer. Like he, there's a plan in place. It's his, and Cooper doesn't quite understand everything. You know what I mean? Uh, and he yeah, seems kind of like he seems kind of along for the ride. Like with the whole thing with the note from. From Linda, he's like, Richard, Linda. Like, you know what I mean? He's not expecting it necessarily. He's surprised when Diane's not there in the morning. So, so like, in the first series, that Cooper was, like, played for laughs. He's like, hey, I got this. I think I can find out who the killer is because I'm going to follow my gut. And we're going to talk about Tibet. And then we're going to throw rocks at a jar. And then the joke was that, like, oh, it actually, like, sort of leads somewhere. Yeah. Uh, in this funny way. Here, I just, I see somebody on a passenger to a ride and nobody seems to know where it's going. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, uh, it seems to have gone nowhere. I don't know. But so then, here's what's interesting. They go back out onto the street I, I would like watching it the second time. I'm like, I could think of 10 more questions you could have asked before you walked away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but they walk out into the street. They stand there for a long time. He says, what year is this? And then you hear Sarah, Sarah. Palmer. Yeah. Calling Laura's name. And then she screams her blood curdling scream. And it causes all the lights to go out. Yeah. And that's the end. And that's the end. Mega happy ending. Yeah. What do you think happened there, Sean? When the lights go out? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, well, I, know I, want know, I want to know what Dallas. I want to know what Dallas has to think first. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> It's true. Oh. You two began this journey together. I, I, I want to like hear. No, I just make fun of the fact that you guys ask each other because clearly you might have actual opinions on it. Um, You've had moments, Dallas, where you have had. Uh, I maintain you, that the vignettes at the end of each of these episodes were supposed to be how we were feeling. So that's when Laura uh, whispers into Coop's ear and we're all like, oh. Yeah, exactly. I don't um, the end of this uh, the end of the show to me it just doesn't really I mean obviously it doesn't make any sense to the naked eye but ooh I mean I don't know if we we're supposed to gather that because she heard her name being called uh, that now she's now she remembers and she screams but why would she ever forget um, I don't know. I, I honestly have no theories to the end of this. I think that 
because he went back and, and got Laura from wherever she was with James that it just reversed everything and no one is who they are. And that's it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, it's not really a theory. It's just I don't know how to put it all together other than just assuming that something happened when he went back through the Philip Jeffries teapot. And because of that, the infinity loop, now everything is different and it's all messed up and he screwed up big time and now he's stuck. And like, here's my question. Let's say he hadn't gone. So if you look at the two episodes, he goes into the Great Northern, he goes to the Dutchman, and he goes back in time. Let's just say that this back in time theory is a real thing. He goes back in time to prevent her death. She disappears. What if he just went home? Like, why does he need to, like, cross over into another universe somewhere? Um, is Was that to... Or, like, when Laura screamed and disappeared in episode one or two, like, yeah. was this whole thing like, <clears throat> oh, I need to go back and get her somewhere she's supposed to be? So then he, like... Tried to go back in time and get her, but that didn't work. So now he's going to go to an alternate universe. But none of those seem like good ideas for a story to me. So <laughs> I don't, I don't quite, uh, I don't know. Okay. So I watched it again today and I, up until I was just like, I was really frustrated because I watched it on the night it aired and I had no idea what anything meant. I still don't necessarily have anything, but today and i would read people's theories and it just made me more frustrated because i was like it just all seems it just seems people are again it just all seems so soon to try to figure out what seems to be hit love it or hate it a very complicated story with a lot of different kind of mysteries and things woven together and so the thing i the thing that hit me today or at least i felt today and kind of at least i was able to kind of put my feet up on was why does diane go back with him what what is what was her point? What was the point of her in that? Why would she go back with him and then ditch him? Why would she go back with him and ditch him? And why would we? Why would they have sex? What what was the whole point? And then I was like, they're in Odessa when when they go when the, he wakes up in the morning. So it's my opinion that they drove to Odessa that night. That they're in Odessa that night. The car they're in is this older car. Now, it was the car that they drove in whatever the modern time was. Like, when they were in the leaving Twin Peaks, we see them yeah. in that car. But when he wakes up in the morning, that motel is the same, but it's like it's expanded. Like, the room is the exact same room inside, but they've, it's like they've added on. And he's got a new car. And so my thing this morning was they went back in time. They went back in time and had sex. They, they, they went back in time and had sex and had a baby. <laughs> I know this is crazy, but go back to episode eight when Senorita Dido has the, like the, the giant, the fireman, vomits out the Laura egg. 
and we see it go into we see the ovary and we see it go into the like the tube and get sent to earth and the next thing we see is the egg and stuff and it that's the thing that hatches the frog so at first i was like okay well that's how laura gets into sarah but that is complicated to me because the way that the frog gets in the frog gets into sarah's mouth is that the woodsmen hypnotize everyone and the woodsmen wait wait you're saying laura is the frog well that was my frog that hold on that was my original thought because that's those scenes go back to back you okay. see them send this thing to Earth, and then the next thing we see is this egg hatch in New Mexico. I'm not saying I'm not like saying that I just came up with that. That's literally how that that episode goes. It goes, mm-hmm. egg thing is sent to Earth, like it hatches out of an out out of a uterus, and then something mm-hmm. is sent to Earth that's an egg. So like mm-hmm. it, it, I can understand why you're like, why would you think that? But that's literally what happens next. But I don't, I don't buy that because the woodsmen are the one who allow her to be hypnotized. And the woodsmen are not... I don't know a lot of things, but I don't feel like the woodsmen are good. And so if Laura is supposed to be this beacon of good, I don't see how the, the woodsmen ran interference to somehow put that into Sarah at some point. Right. So then my thought was, why would they send Diane back with Cooper? They're supposed to have sex... Diane becomes Linda in this alternate kind of not an alternate alternate timeline it's like it's it you mentioned back to the future it's literally them going back in time she gives birth to Carrie Page and then the way that all that happens at the end is how you said it Laura getting sucked away from Cooper at the time Laura getting sucked out of the lodge is all happening at once when Carrie Page realizes kind of who she is, where she is. And I feel like, I want to feel like it's because she's able to be the one who destroys this evil thing that is still in that house somehow, whether or not Sarah's still there. Um, I know that's really weird, but it helps me, it helps me like deal with why Diane and Cooper had sex for so long and why we had to see that why she would e- why she would even had to have been there in the first place like what her purpose was so her purpose was say it one more time so, her purpose was to get pregnant yes and that she delivers this like the like other laura the carrie page who ends up being the one who destroys. so carrie page is the child of cooper and Diane. But in like a Jesus, Richard and Linda. but in, in a kind of like a Jesus kind of way where she was hatched from sure. the fireman's mouth and delivered that mm. way. Mm. But so then you, who does she, whose mouth does she go into? I think, I still think that that is actually, that's Sarah being inhabited by Judy. I think that's what we're seeing. Because that would mm. go with what the if the woodsmen are bad, then whatever they did at that point was with evil, like intent, and that would be it. Like we saw Sarah no. rip her face off, and there's something happening with her, where I feel like there's enough clues to feel like you at least can say she's probably not a human being that is a normal human being like you and me. But like, what about what does that do to her entire storyline and the? 
in the earlier seasons. Like if, if, you know, Leland was a, he's obviously a lodge entity. He didn't know that Judy was, he was married to Judy. But maybe he did. I mean, maybe that's the whole, maybe that's how Sarah and Leland, I mean, and maybe that's how Leland. drug her? Why did he have to drug her? I think because, I mean, my answer would be maybe Sarah was like Leland in that she was not always conscious that she was inhabited by something else, you know? So you're saying that she was human and possessed by somebody, and so those times They're that the she saw... They're the perfect couple, John. <laughs> She's possessed by Well, they somebody. were born from the same mama, so it's incest. He's possessed... Well, that hasn't stopped anyone in the show before. Yeah. I know... Uh, look, look. Interesting. <laughs> Here, here's the point. Here's, here's my point. After I've just told you this, I feel like this show, the reason this show is not for everyone is because Twin Peaks is, you know, it's like a cloud. It's like something that there's no right answer. It's something that you can take and wrestle with in your head and, and whatever (laughs) I like the more I got into it, the more I got into this, the more I was like, there is no there is no answer. Right. It's going to be like season two. There's no right answer because that's the beauty of what Lynch does is he wants you to spend time. He wants you to use your brain. He's not going to give you the answer because that would defeat the purpose of what he does. He's a painter. You know what I mean? Painters yeah. don't yeah. give you the answer. Clouds yeah. don't shout down from the sky. No, you're wrong. I'm not a boat. I'm a duck. It's That's what it is. And you. And if you're not on board, I totally get it. But I feel sure. like what we got was just a continuation of Twin Peaks. It was something that spawned 75 issues of a fanzine and we got the same thing. You know what I mean? So yes, we're frustrated, but we were frustrated in 91 and we were frustrated in 93 and we're frustrated in 2017, but we've always been that way. But I'll say I I wasn't frustrated by the finale. You cried. Of se- no, no, of season two. <laughs> oh, of okay. season two. Because I thought, this is the setup for the best story yet. You know? See, I think, though, that, like, there. they were canceled. But, they were canceled then, though. Like, they weren't going to come back, and they knew that. They, I think, they I think you're thinking about sure, season one. I, I thought season one was the one where they're like, we're going to get canceled. And that's the one that has, like, all of... Like, that one even has more cliffhangers than season double, two, I think. Double check it, because that's that's what I think. But, but okay. anyway... That here's what I'll say. Um, yes, I agree with you that what we got is pure unadulterated Lynch. Uh, you know, the like the movie Lost Highway does not make sense. Like you cannot make real sense of it. It is. Um, it was inspired by what they call the Mobius Loop or something yes. like that, which yeah. is basically a circle that doesn't end. So you have a guy whose wife gets murdered. He gets accused of it. Sorry, I'm spoiling this movie for everybody. But um, and then uh, before he gets sent to death row, he like seems to metamorphose into somebody else who's a person who already existed. And so now he's free and he's living this other wife and that life goes just as poorly as his previous one. So then at some point he metamorphoses back into the other guy. 
and you just can't like tell kind of where it begins and ends. Uh, even though I totally dig that movie, um, it doesn't it doesn't make any conventional sense in terms sure. of like. But what I'll say is, I mean, I, I um, uh, our many many listeners will know that I am a world renowned actor in San Diego, um, world story. famous. World famous in Coronado only. Um, but uh, I did a show called uh, The Inspector Calls, which is a kind of a famous intrigue uh, British play. And that's a story where a young woman has uh, died and um, an inspector comes to this family's house, an affluent family. He grills them all about this young woman who's disappeared. It turns out they all have this secret connection to her and um, things are revealed. He then leaves and they're all devastated. Like, what are we going to do? And then uh, they get this phone call from the police that says, hey, uh, this girl has died. We're going to send an inspector over to talk to you guys. And so it's kind of like a Twilight Zone, dun dun dun, kind of ending. Like, well, then who's that guy that was just here? And then that's the end of the play. And um, we had so many people that were so frustrated, but uh, <laughs> like, well, who was that guy? And I want to know who he is and what is it. But the point wasn't who is that guy. The point is, is that now you're thinking about it. Yes. Now you are gonna mull it over in your head and now you're all gonna like go talk about it it didn't get wrapped up in a nice neat little bow so i think that that's something that i just kind of in my own mind have pointed to to kind of go you know not all stories are there to provide answers sometimes they're just there to ask a question i think that combined with what you said which is that you know this is a guy if you want to know why the hell david lynch makes movies the way he does watch his original like short film paintings you know the one that's called like six people vomiting (laughs) or uh, where it's just a loop of like uh sculpted heads vomiting paint you know, yeah, this, um, this one might make the most sense since like the straight story. I mean, like, it, it, yeah, yeah, go watch yeah. uh, Inland Empire if you really want to be. I've been tempted, but I don't think don't, I could do yeah, it. Don't. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, well, I mean, I, I guess I, my point is like, I have felt everything that any Twin Peaks fan has felt. I've been excited. I've been frustrated. I just feel sometimes I just feel tired. You know, because it's like we've spent so long theorizing and I just went, oh, God, we have to go back to work on this thing if we choose to. And you don't have to. In Dallas, like, I don't imagine you're going to spend much time thinking about the show. And that's fine. But for those of us who who enjoyed this, then I think while it's not exactly like what we... The, 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 the easy gratification that we really wanted, I think in the end... It's going to be really fun and it's going to be something that we can talk about and like, you know, again, this show wouldn't have come back if it not had been for things like reading, you know, all the stuff on the internet, all the theories, and we're going to have that again. So for better or for worse, he just kind of kept the mystery going and it's a new mystery and there's a lot of things to talk about. I am excited and I'm frustrated and like, I look forward to kind of spending time with it. The way I have for literally the, since I was 11, you know. Can I throw out a fun way to kind of 
you know, tie it all up. Yeah. Um, you guys. So <laughs> what's your favorite mystery that didn't get resolved? <laughs> like, what's your Dallas. favorite new thing? There's so many th- new things he brought up. Like, I- I'll just take this one off the table. But like Audrey Horn, you know, possibly my mm. most anticipated return character other than Agent Cooper um, was brought up so late in the game and then in this weird way. And then they just p- brought up the most interesting thing in the whole that moment where like she went, what, where am I? Like that was like chill inducing and thrilling. And my wife and I were like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, I can't wait to see what's next. And then nothing. And then obviously. Nothing. Yeah. So what are the other things for you guys? I've probably got four answers off the top of my head, but what do you guys think? Like, what was your, what was your favorite thing? Like, like take away the jadedness of, we didn't get to find out what was the thing that was most exciting that didn't get, um, followed through with Dallas. I, I really wanted to know what Eddie Vedder's second song was <laughs> in that set. I think World that was goes crazy work. about a sharp dress, man. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pause the question I just asked and say, ask a different question. Roadhouse ends of episodes. Now that you know how it all worked out, was that a great idea or not a great idea? What do you what are your feelings about? I mean, about it? I will say I bought the soundtrack and I feel like John you and I talked about maybe doing a music episode for this podcast, but I know I brought uh, it up and I realized like I don't have the time to like excavate the new soundtracks. We need to- we need some time. I think we should do it at some point. You know, there's no like there's no timeline where we're like we have to get it out by this point, but I was really, I'm really disappointed by most of the music from the Roadhouse. Um, like I would say the, I would almost just skip buying. Now I bought this, the actual soundtrack one too, and I haven't spent as much time with that, but I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy that and listen to that more. Um, I mean, there's like, I would say the problem with both soundtracks, especially the the score one, I'll call it the score one, even though it has songs on it, is that it, it there's like four or five songs that are just from the old soundtracks. So yeah, there, and like, there's isn't, not isn't that like they use the, the theme song like four times on both? It's like we had that one already. Like we didn't need another version. Yeah, and version. they've got Audrey's Dance and The World I, like, Spins, I, Julie Cruz is the exact same one from man, 1988. It really stands and, out as how great that song is in terms of like yeah. the other songs. Like I would just skip buying it and just buy that Cactus Blossoms record because those guys are great. <laughs> Dallas, did you enjoy I, like they they sounded like the Golden Hill Ramblers to me? Like I really really liked that one song, and I don't think I cared for any of the other music. Um, uh, yeah, the music was kind of like it was bah. pretty bad. It was pretty my bad. thing, my thing was, I I could I liked the vibe of the music, especially like the first five episodes. Oh, I, I really was like, oh, I dig this new like Twin Peaks music vibe. Um, I have to say, like, as much as I like Nine Inch Nails, uh, like that was a previously released song. So it just felt like them showing up to sing a song I already heard. It didn't it didn't feel um, special. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they had composed a song specifically for the show, 
I could get excited about it. Um, but I also feel like I feel this way about soundtrack music in general, and I'm a big soundtrack lover. Um, I, if there's not, not a dramatic moment in it, if there's not a dramatic moment in the story that that song is tied to somehow, um, I'm not generally like that goes a long way. You know what I mean? So even if, even if a song is subpar, if it's connected to the best part in the movie or some emotional turn that you loved, you're going to return to that song because you want to relive that moment. Whereas if the same song like was only in the last part of the credits, you're probably not going to like listen to that one ever again. And and that's kind of how I felt about most of these is that with the exception of James singing just you and odd, which is a song we already had with the exception of Audrey's dance, which is a song we already had. um, None of these songs were tied to because almost everything that happened in the roadhouse was inconsequential to the rest of the show, at least in any way that we can understand at this point in time. Sure. Um, There, it wasn't tied to anything emotional. It was just like, whereas like the first season was, it would be a cue from a, like a piece in the script. Like as long as those oranges are freshly squeezed, like there would be something that would tie you back to something. Yeah. That into the night song in the original series that plays when they find the cabin with Waldo, the bird is so amazing. Yeah. Uh, When, when she sings the world spins in the original series and Donna is crying and Maddie's getting one of the best moments in the whole Um, like ever do they sing falling in the pilot i forget is falling in the pilot i feel like it gets maybe there's something roadhouse in the pilot and i can't remember but so it's it's just like that uh that to me i mean those the other songs on the julie cruz records are great too but the that is what makes those songs so great to me is that they tie into these iconic moments and for this show it was like and now the end credits you know i feel like Uh, it it kind of this is a little off topic but i wonder like when i heard angelo was doing the music i was like is he gonna be able to write 18 hours of music like i wonder how much of it was like they tried to make it work and it just like it didn't because they kind of mentioned it was more of a theme thing like oh we tried the music and it didn't quite work with the tone of the show but I wonder if oh, it was also did say like, that? Yeah, there's a there's actually a pretty great interview with Dean Hurley, who's like Lynch's right hand man when it comes to sound, and okay. um, like I think he runs a studio. I would studio love to read that. I'll, I'll try he... to find a link for it because it was interesting, and I think he said that the in the end that they chose to kind of go with the more sparse. You know, they don't use a lot of music, but I wonder if it was just like I don't know how how old Angelo is, but I mean, what a task to to have to compose that much original music. And I wonder if he just it was something he was unable, wasn't able to do, um, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. There are only so on the new score soundtrack. There's 18 tracks, and I would say six or seven of them are new. Yeah, Angel, and they're they're all just very ambient yeah. kind of synth uh, sure. tracks. I, I my feeling uh, about the music and the whole series is that I. I I disagree with what they're saying. I, I, I think that so much of this show would have played better with 
um, when I think of that kind of like jazz drumming that played through so much of the early series, if that had been going on during the, um, what are the name of those three cop brothers? The Fusco's. The Fusco brothers. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if, if that had been playing during all of that, yeah. um, that's just one example of like so many that I could probably think well, of, but to, like, to answer, if, I was sorry, go ahead. No, just it would have felt like Twin Peaks, at yeah. least at least even when things weren't happening, it would have had that whimsical kind of thing going on or like yeah. when the ladies locked out of her apartment or, sure. uh, you know, anyway. What I was going to answer your question, because you said what was something that you I think my thing was the box. So like we were introduced to the glass box and yes. we kind of know what it was for, but like. I mean, I have questions about how did, if that's the experiment that got in there, how did it get in there? Um, you know, there's the photo of, of Mr. C, but he's like talking to someone else at outside the box. Who's that person mm-hmm. he's talking to? Was Mr. C the, mil- the billionaire? Um, and why would the experiment go into the box right after Cooper was being chased by the evil tree? You thought it was the tree, and that was a pretty I good guess. But it seemed like maybe it was the thing we saw vomiting Bob. And if if that's Sarah, was she trying to find vodka? I mean, and she ended up at the wrong place, and she got really pissed and killed those kids. Um that's what I mean. If 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 the experiment is inside Sarah, why is it in that box? You know, yeah. it made sense to me that the tree was attacking him and he tried to escape and that it followed him. Um, so, but I could also I see know. why the but the I would Judy like the would new- be trying to destroy Cooper too. You know. And the New York, like the way they introduced New York was incredible. They had that overhead shot of the city. And I don't know if it was like CGI or a special effect or a real shot of the city, but it was this incredible visual. It was a stunning introduction to, you know, New York as if it was going to be this one of the, you know, who knew that we were going to instead spend all of our time in Buckhorn, uh, and and Las Vegas instead, like most of the season took place in Buckhorn and Vegas, right? Yeah, and some and some South Dakota maybe or North Dakota, but um, when they set that up, I was like so excited and so game, and it would seem like that's where they needed to go. Like, why were they drinking wine in Buckhorn when they could be in New York? Yeah, checking out that. I mean, Please. I think I think the answer is they were trying to find Cooper, who they didn't have any kind of yeah. hint that he was there. But uh, that for me is one of the main you know mysteries. I know there's like there's going to be so yeah. many. What you know? What was the story? With, was was uh, was Doug Hastings' wife a tulpa? Remember we we were always kind of curious as to like what her role was when Mister C was like, oh, you follow human nature perfectly. So I'm guessing that's what she was. You know, I you know I don't know. Mm. Um, Dallas, what about you? What are some other ones that you were, you have questions about or other than why Um, I called you two years ago to start this podcast? Yeah, I'm gonna gonna, gonna go to bed here soon. Um, yeah, me too. I, I, the box is probably, yeah, my biggest one. 
I would agree with that. Like, I just didn't get it. And it, and I, it, I mean, it would have paid off, I guess, if somebody came through it officially, you know. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I mean, that was probably the, the biggest one that they just set, they just had so much time setting it up. And, yeah, I can't really think of any other ones. Like, I mean, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, besides, <laughs> uh, besides the normal ones that everyone has questions about, you know what I mean? Like, because there's basically every character and Audrey Horn was a big one for me. And then I obviously wondered where the hell Billy Zane was. And yeah, I mean, he's Billy, right? The one they're talking about in the show. See, that would make sense if they if they crossed over into John Justice Wheeler, though, is his name. If, yeah, right? but if they cross if they really crossed over in the real world, then you know, what's his name, Riley Lynch, running into the the double R and yelling, "Has anybody seen Billy?" That makes sense now, because has anybody seen Billy? Uh, but yeah, when I don't they know, said man. a rich guy when they said some rich guy. Uh set this whole thing up i was like secretly hoping it was john justice wheeler it still might it still might be i know it was cooper it was cooper because he's a rich colombian drug lord or something there's a lot there's a lot of questions yeah i mean that's that's a version of the show where i still hope that audrey horn was an fbi agent that we had i feel like we're gonna get some bone thrown at us for the final dossier we kind of got one thrown or a couple thrown with the last one. So, I mean, we, I think you just have to go into it knowing that I don't think Lynch had anything to do with it. So, you know, I think Frost had to kind of like tiptoe around things. And I don't know, man, whether or not we get any more. I'm, I'm not going around my days going, when is season four happening? I just don't think it's going to. So I think it's oh, kind I'm of not like, either. But I think but a lot I, of people are. And I just think it's, I, yeah. I, I understand why. And I've, I definitely felt that way about this show for a lot of years, but I think I also, I think it's healthy to also look at what you have in front of you. I mean, they've just given us 18 hours and a lot of it, sure, a lot of it was like things that you wish he would have yelled cut, but there's so much to dive into. There's so many, if you want to, there's so much material to be mined, to think about, to talk about. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say, you know. The reason I brought up that as a, as an idea of a way to wrap things up is because for me, those are the, even though I'm frustrated, they went nowhere. Like those are some of my most favorite things in this. Um, Even though they went nowhere, they set up a story that I guess is only going to be followed through in my mind. Like my favorite things were the box um, Balthazar Getty's character. Yeah, there was no explanation for why he like could do what magic. a great what a great intro that like weird druggie that's like takes the you know does a magic trick and pulls the penny out of the guy's mouth or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, this is gonna be so great where this goes, and then yeah, we just never saw him again. What about the, except when he was yeah. making out with Shelly? With Shelly, in the episode that also had one of my favorite scenes of the whole thing was the Emma girl Shelly and Becca or Becky. Excuse me, Becky at um, in the double R, and the girl puking. Yeah, and then and then like that morphed into the whole the transition into like the girl puking. Yeah, puke, oh my, I think I'm sorry. Um, the girl puking in the car, which I thought, oh, this is 
you know, for me, for me, there Dallas, was a while. Dallas, scare John, scare him. Scare me. What about the what about the scene with the woman in next door in Vegas? The one who kept just yelling one one nine was like drinking Jack Daniels with a little kid. I mean, that was so depressing and horrifying. So weird. Because it happened to that little boy because his mom was clearly like gonna die soon. Yeah. But like, so I don't know. Like, why would they do that? Why would they bring that up and then just yeah? Like they never went back to it after well, the car blew up. You guys, up. I have good news. They are releasing Twin Peaks season three on Blu-ray and DVD in December, and then we can get all those deleted scenes that tell us all of the answers. Do you think there with will David be. Lynch commentary on everything? Are. I don't know. That's my question because that's honestly what I thought. I thought, may, what if, what if this was the first movie that had no deleted scenes? Part of me like doesn't want them because, like, again, we have a lot. If you really want to dig into this show, there's so much material to look at, to examine, to read. I look again. I get everyone. I get all of the frustrations. I get all of the excitement. I have both. That's Twin Peaks. We got a lot more of it it's amazing that it happened i am still very happy and even though like it didn't wrap up exactly how i wanted to i don't get to i don't get to demand art i don't get to tell my favorite artists how they're going to do what they're going to do you get to oh sure you get to accept it and i'm just so happy it happened i'm glad david lynch is still wanting to do stuff and um so as frustrating as some of this part was i just was so happy this summer to have it back and that's mm-hmm. how I feel. And again, like, you know, uh, I think it's something that if you want to engage with it, you have plenty of things to work with for however long you choose to work with them. I, will I don't definitely think I don't... be thinking of uh, Charlene Yee screaming on the floor. <laughs> I don't think As, we're ever going uh, to figure out what, plot we're never going to figure out what that means either. <laughs> Maybe Charlene will come on the podcast and tell us, but mm-hmm. probably not because this will be Dallas's last podcast. I, I, I don't I can't believe that you're doing more and um, we probably won't but I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to wrap this up this is this is like I was kind of I don't want to say goodbye you know well here's the thing let's say that it's not goodbye because it's it so is. hard <laughs> to say goodbye <laughs> Day. um John, you and I will read the final dossier over the phone to Dallas, and we will try to do another podcast. But until then, I I think we've said all that we could possibly say uh, about Twin Peaks, what we've seen up to this point. And from the bottom of my heart, Dallas, John, thank you for taking the time to talk about Twin Peaks with me. I've had a blast. For everyone who has listened to this podcast, thank you so much seriously you're amazing um i hope that you continue to search for answers and i hope that you don't let anyone tell you what anything means because that's the point um enjoy it or go watch something that is easier to digest there are plenty of things out there that will you know feed that part of you but for me i had a blast doing this podcast and uh thanks guys Thank you, Sean. Thanks for, Any, you know, what everything. Just thanks for everything. <laughs> Any final no, words? I, and I, I will thank you as a listener as well as somebody who uh, got to be a part of the conversation. I, I loved listening to um, 
and kind of re-going through the series just by listening to you guys talk about it. Um, Dallas, I would also like to thank you for, for giving it a go. And, um, because I always feel like even if you love something, you know, new eyes is the best way to, to return to it. Mm. And, um, uh, whether they love it or not, you know, there's always going to be like a new angle. And, uh, I think that's valuable. So, but anyway, thank yeah. you guys so much for, yeah, for having me along. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get back on here and nerd out over the book or something like that. But we will, we will, we'll nerd out over the book. We'll nerd out of over season four when it happens in seven years, <laughs> but you know, in the meantime, you know, Twin Peaks, John, this is something that you and I have been a fan of, and this is part of the reason we're friends. And mm-hmm. I have other friends who I've, you know, became friends with over the show. It was a, it was a piece of television that was kind of a work of art that became a conversation, you know, and at this point, you know, it's like after this, the conversation continues and that's the great thing about Twin Peaks. So thanks again, and you guys. Ironically, it's going to be the thing that ends Sean and I's friendship. So, <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I have nothing to add. Thank you guys uh, for dishing the percolator. And yeah, oh, tune into my new uh, podcast about burn notice. We're starting next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, my son still wants to play you both on MLB the show. Oh, he's going to beat us so bad. I don't want to play your son so. on MLB. <laughs> I can't take a pitch. I can't take a pitch, Dallas. I understand. I, I understand. I swing at literally everything. Oh, it's rough. Set it up. And I'm Joe gonna, never pitches in the zone. Set, he never pitches in the zone. Yeah. Set it up, never. John. I'm going to crush him like a green. Do you guys like play your buddies? I play Joe. I play Joe. Joe threw I'm, a no-hitter against me. <laughs> that's amazing. I've only, thrown, I've only played in person. I haven't played online at all it's pretty fun um i haven't right. by I the way at this hay, point fellas. at this point i haven't cut yet i'm keeping all this in good night oh, yeah. everyone uh thanks right. for listening to our podcast and goodbye john goodbye dallas go to sleep all right night night <laughs> thanks guys hey i have one question yes for afterwards yes when you recorded the wally bunting version dallas. of the theme oh yeah yeah. Tell me about how that happened. I just gave him the, the, the soundtrack ends with the instrumental version. I gave it to him. He recorded over it and sent it to me. So you like, my question is, did you know the song before you did it? Or were you like, I gave, reading him, the I, think lyrics? I gave you both versions, right? I gave you the actual version and then that version and told you to do your own thing. From yeah. yeah I, I, I looked at the lyrics and then I just read the lyrics. Oh, at, gosh. It's so funny. I just have always wondered that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry not asking you on the program, but no, no well, okay. we can still I, make this ugh. part of the program. I can cut whenever I want. <laughs> That's the I beauty the of this. I basically did the song how I thought it should be done. So I actually, I, I, I wrote him. I was like, I don't, it's not the right tempo. He's like, that's how it should be. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so, and he's right. It's perfect. Like I would, I would never change it now. But at the time I was like, then, you know, she keeps it in this time. He's like, I, I don't care about what you're saying. It's like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I got Julie to listen to exactly one episode of this show. <laughs> oh, bless her. 
beginning of the fire walk with me, which she loved because Dallas was like, this is a piece of shit. And she was laughing so hard. And then um, there was the one where like, it was so good. Maybe it was like three weeks ago where the show was so good and Cooper woke up or something and we were all excited. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, and she listened to that one. And at the end, she's like, you didn't tell me you recorded like a ending thing. Like, what is that spoken word? Like, she thought I did. One thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that funny, babe. I mean, I am. You are. You uh, are. You are. Anyway. Well, um, thanks, dudes. Thanks, guys. I'm going to continue to uh, text you guys at least about yeah. this business because. In- until Dallas tells us he wants us to stop. <laughs> He's like, can you please make it a single thread? <laughs> and at which point, John, you and I can continue to talk about the show until we're 99 years old. Uh, hey, as long as there's Twin Peaks gifts to send, I'll send them. All right. I love you guys. I, I mean it. Thank you so much for doing the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It was fun. Okay. Get All some right, sleep. Guys. Get some sleep. Good night. Bye. 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 Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling, falling, are we falling in love? Mm. That's the ketchup. I like coffee, donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.